Hi and welcome to Nollywood Film Club. I'm Mr. C of Eroka Critic. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm doing well. Had a very fun conversation yesterday. It was very juicy. It was a juicy conversation. It's not the kind of panel. Um, well, it's not the kind of panel. It's not the kind of conversation we're used to. It's slightly new format. So my hosting skills is not it's not at its peak. Um, forgive me for that. Uh uh, we do delve in, when I say juicy, we delve in so many areas. We talk about, um, people talk about films from the 70s, 80s. There's a little bit of what is what does Nollywood even mean, which, you know, that conversation is not going away anytime soon. Um, but yes, I think a very fruitful conversation. There's agreements and there's disagreements within the agreements. Uh, um I, I like these kind of conversations. They're always very useful for me, even as as a person. And the podcasts are great for even me because um, like, I don't get to appreciate as much um, some of the voices whilst hosting because hosting can get a bit hectic, especially in a thing like this where um, you need to be a little bit spontaneous with the topics. But some of the topics we discuss are in the description below with your timestamps. You should see, um, we start off with a Nollywood movie so bad in the first place. Um, uh, where are the issues Nollywood are having with? Um, the, writers, uh, the writer of the article we're discussing comes on to give us his response slash feedback. Um, empathizing with Nollywood filmmakers, we also discuss. And then we round it off with movies that we could suggest uh, moving in the right direction at least at the time right like um, um so yeah no i enjoyed this conversation and i hope you will too when you listen to nollywood film club discussing why are nollywood movies so bad Oh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I should do the intro. All right. Welcome to Nollywood Film Club. Uh, we do discuss Nollywood movies every Sunday. Sometimes we discuss Nollywood conversations, such topics like today. Today we're discussing, well, we're in this, this discussion is going to be inspired by, not completely the article we're discussing, but inspired by the What Kept Me Up article, which I will post up on the link um, uh, uh why are Nollywood movies so bad? All right. Okay. So uh, we will be doing different things. We'll, there are a couple of things I want to touch on. Number one, if we're going to, um, we, do we even agree with the statement that Nollywood movies are so bad? Um, do we think, um, uh, and even if we, if we do agree or disagree, like the, the discussion can go so many places. It's by, what do we mean by um, uh, uh, this bad that we're doing it in comparison to to what? I guess that's the other parts we would be holding space for. All right. Anyway, so do you want to? Um, this isn't going to be kind of like film club where there's a queue uh, uh, where we I'm following this is because like not everybody might have. Um, specific things to say about all the questions. So uh, we're doing this by just hands. So like the hands that go up and then I guess technically a cue. But I guess, okay, so like uh, happy to, uh, we will start with the the, the premise. It, I, I Nollywood movies even so bad. 
and then we'll go on to discussing like uh, where where the issues may lie. So, who wants to start us off? Hollywood um, um, movies actually so bad. Who wants to start us off? All right, nobody's saying. Nobody, all of you have not gone quiet. I'll start. I'll, I'll start if I if I may. Okay, all right. right. Everybody just came quiet all of a sudden, but it's not <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, um, I don't think they are. I it depends on how you qualify bad. And you know, uh I've lately I've become a lot more charitable in my way of thinking about these things. I do have my own ideas of what makes a good and a bad film, but uh I think that um making that sort of qualitative judgment depends very much on the audience and the intentions of the filmmaker. So, you know, I watch a lot of uh, Nollywood movies on YouTube and I mostly find them a lot more satisfying than I do the stuff that's released theatrically or on Netflix and Prime and the like. And those things are made for a very specific audience. And when I look at the comments on those YouTube videos, it seems that people are very happy with these movies. I don't know if they're bots or something, but I don't see anybody complaining for the most part. People do like these things. They're made for a specific audience and the audience likes it. So can you say that they're bad? I don't know. But also I think um, it's, it, uh, you have to judge a thing by what it is. And I've said many times that, you know, Nollywood is not... Um, Let's put it this way. Martin Scorsese would say it's not cinema. You know, Nollywood really comes from the world of telenovela with the with the very heightened kind of reality and the intense sentimentality and the um, the the melodramatic plot twists. It's it, it's not really cinema in the conventional sense. It's 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 telenovela mixed in with some of um, of indigenous theater. Uh, influences from old uh, Onisha um, pamphlets, you know, street literature. There are all sorts of things that go into Nollywood, and I don't really think that it is trying to be cinema in the sense that we know it. Now, when you look at a lot of the stuff that goes into uh, Netflix, when you look at things like uh, The Black Book, you look at Gangs of Lagos and stuff like that, I think they're trying to be cinema, and I don't think they're succeeding. Um... I, I have my I, I I have my ideas of why they're not succeeding, but I'll I'll leave it for now. Uh, I'll leave that for later. For now, I'll just say that I don't think Hollywood movies are that bad. I don't think they're great, but they're I I don't think they're cinema, but they're not bad for what they are. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll come back to Ichene about um, um, what what we can talk about in terms of um, things like um, the black book and the, whether there's a dichotomy in, in what we want to see about Nollywood movies, but um, uh, Shag- Maximus did have his hands up first. So, so Shagun, Shagun, tell us, uh, yeah. do, you, uh, do you think Nollywood yeah. movies are so bad? Okay. Um, Uchenna has pretty much said what I was gonna say. Um, you need to. We need to. I think we've been, we've been, uh, we've been boxing everything into one, boxing all the wrong things into just one package. Um, I would say Nollywood is an entertainment industry, and in that light, they are doing okay. So, like he said, it's 
telenovela. It's not, we cannot, I don't think, I think it's, it's wrong for us to categorize what we have in Hollywood as cinema. It's not cinema because the definition of cinema is to immerse the audience in an experience. And when I sit in a theater, a cinema, and I'm watching something produced in Hollywood, I'm not getting any experience. I'm just watching picture, you know, and that. So we need to, we need to, I think we need to start to clarify that. And in that light, then we can now start to, because at the end of the day, it always feels like we are trash talking people's efforts. So uh, we Sorry, are your... doing that, but when... they have to. They have to. Can you hear me? All right. Sorry, Shagun, uh, you're you're cutting out. Um, if uh, you're cutting out, Shagun, I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe try coming off and on and again. Um, let's go to Vanessa. Vanessa. Hi. So I'm not going to answer the question. Um, I feel like. Um, Wait, hang on. No, wait. Before it's cutting to you. Let me land. Why do you stop on my throat? Eh, this man. Why do you start I'm not going to answer the question. Let me land. What I was going to say was, I'm going to do conference speak and piggyback of what Ujena and Shego have said. Because I feel like you keep having to repeat the question. And I don't think it's at this point necessary for you to repeat the question. I will say, though, based off of what Ujena and Shego have said, I don't think the question should be. At least, I, I don't think the question that they were answering is if Nollywood is bad. They're, they were answering and slightly posing the question, what is Nollywood? Because they're saying Nollywood isn't cinematic. But we do, at least we did have a cinema language, a Nigerian cinema language. Has that been lost? Yes. Is what is now Nollywood completely non-cinematic? Also, Yes. So, so this question is multi-layered for many reasons because our industry has been in the, the industry has been in many phases, um, and what is our cinematic identity and our cinematic language has been lost, and so it isn't exact. I think we're in a weird limbo. I will agree that there has to be something that we're quantifying this so bad against. Otherwise, what are we saying? What are we comparing this to? What is the what by what ramifications are we judging bad? Um, are we judging it against what used to be our cinematic language, or are we judging it against Hollywood or Bollywood or the Korean industry? Like, what are the ramifications against what which we're judging if Nollywood is bad? From a technical point of view, from a technical point of view, with like filmmaking and 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 sound and all of that there are still bits of nollywood that's bad I, we have to be honest and yes while there is an audience for um some of the stuff that's put out um i'm i'm, I'm i sometimes can be part of that audience on youtube because sometimes it's just nice to watch stuff that doesn't really mean anything and it's just whatever but there is a global, there is an audience for that, but I think it's a bit reductive to also say then that 
there isn't an audience for an elevated cinema language because there was an audience and there still is the audience. And I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Storytelling bad. Let let's let's not be I get it, we don't want to come across like we're trashing Nollywood. But even just for the baseline of telling a story that has a beginning, middle, and end, with fully fledged characters who do not feel one dimensional, who do not feel like caricatures, who do not feel like cardboard cutouts, um, without plots that are going higgy haga, just the baseline of a good story if that is the ramification by which we are judging, then much of Nollywood is bad. I'd not say the entirety of it all, but much of Nollywood is bad. But then again, the question is, what are the ramifications? But you already said in your speech that we're going to go there, that what are we... So this is the thing. Yeah, it's like it's there. confusing we'll to answer that question if we do not know by what ramifications we're judging if Nollywood is bad. Right. So, uh, and I guess that's part of the point of the discussion. I actually, and Vanessa has touched on some of the things that um, I was going to bring up is that even if, even if we want to say that Nollywood is, um, is, is not, you know, like, oh, I, or the one that Uchene put up where it's Nollywood is not supposed to be cinematic or is not supposed to look um, a, a certain way like Hollywood movies. Are they not still rules to that um, that sort of um, kind of storytelling? And like, how are they doing by that standard? And I would argue, like, um, like uh, you know, if we're talking about oh, for, given where they are coming from, uh, they're not meeting even to that standard. They're not meeting some of their uh, uh, intended goals. That people aren't um, that people may be enjoying them, it you know, is different. Like I enjoy a lot of things like you know, like people on, on film club will be will know I enjoy a lot of things that I don't think are good. Um and so like it's not enough to say that people enjoy them. It's like okay, but like if you ask them, well, you know, do you think is is good? Yeah, then that's the that's a different question. So like when we say Nobody should be skirting. Some people are skirting, like uh, hit the point on the head. But yes, I understand why um, some people are uh, having diff- um, uh, addressing it in, in different layers. But we'll get to uh, all the layers. Of just um, Elizabeth, uh, do did you have something you wanted to say? So um, I wanted to say that. So we're not addressing if why Nollywood movies are so bad. You're asking if we think it's bad, which I agree mostly with what Vanessa said. And also, I think Nollywood movies are bad, especially the ones we export. And I'll use that word in particular. If I'm watching YouTube movies, which I do watch, I watch Iroko movie, Ibaka, just name it as long as it's Nigerian and that's the Nigerian storyline. I'm there. I'm number one. I don't care for them in the sense that when I watch it, I don't, it's easier for me to stop watching if I don't like the direction the story is going. If I think they're wasting my time, I'm out. I'm on to the next movie. And then on to the next, and then on to the third, to the fourth. It's my time. It's my data. It's my whatever. It's bad. I cannot continue. I change it. Now, if I'm going to watch something that has been exported in Hollywood in brackets or Netflix or the other blue app, Prime, it's bad. Uh, it's bad. In in I know I know we are saying that how do we quantify it again because there isn't exactly something we're measuring right now. But if in the sense of how I I personally would judge, technically, 
and that's why I don't like this dichotomy where we now say, yeah, sure, now we have good uh, cameras. Yeah, yeah, the sound is awesome. And it's that we are celebrating the little things, which is not bad for us to celebrate, but it also shows that there has been an impasse, some form of plateau that we've achieved in such a way that in the past 20, 30 years, we've, we've managed to stay just at a point. And the same... And when there is a comment, you know, when there is some sort of, okay, this is not good, you get the same backlash, like, do your own, it's not fair, we are trying, there's no money, like, okay, I'm sorry, what do you want me to do? I'm, I, I grew up on Hollywood, and if I'm saying that for as long as I've been on Earth, it, that's, it is okay and it is acceptable for me to keep patting, you know, in the back and just you're doing perfectly okay at some point we'll have to do more than this perfectly okay right because i think i remember one time or rather the for me the reintroduction to cinema which happened 2009 for me uh with kulia for lions um the second one the figuring and i remember the euphoria in my hostel i would think it was my final year and we went to, a couple of my friends went to go watch it at the cinema at um, Silverberg Galleria then. And we talked all the way from from um, VI to to Ota. And we were also talk, we were talking about the camera, the whatever. Again, that for us was progress, right? And I'm talking about 2009 here. The story, the sort of story that was told, the way it was told, the directing. And we just went to yammery, yammery, you know, go back to this. They ask me who is a fault. What do you think happened? Da, 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 da. And then for me then, it marked a shift because for my under level to like then, I dropped in Hollywood because... I kept seeing the same. <laughs> there was one. There was this. There was this Ogie okay, okay movie. I finished watching it, and she wore the same clothes in the next movie I watched. I was watching completely different, and I was like, "What?" The? And again, I just got tired. It was also the same time you know we were having Beyonce versus Rihanna and all that, and I knew that that was not for me, and I dropped it. But within that period, I maybe watched one or two, three that I felt was good. But 2009 marked like a, a turning point in Hollywood for me. That even encouraged me to start watching Hollywood again, and then we had Reloaded and so on and so forth. So my point is, if what I felt as a then at that age, where I felt like this is the coming into Hollywood that we we're waiting for, and now we're talking about how many years later, 13, 14, 14, 15 years later, I was still asking if it is bad, and we're still patting ourselves on the back for something that I thought we had reached a turning point of 14, 15 years ago. Personally, I think they're bad. We're trying to regurgitate. Again, this is not the reason why it's bad. We've not gotten there. But my point is, if it feels like there's an impasse, that there's a plateau, I'm sorry, I'm bored. It is bad. Okay. Uh, I think we're, we're right uh, going into um, some of the issues where uh, where they like. Is there anyone who um, wants to take a a stronger a strong position either whether it's bad or not like because like i guess we've discussed about the nuance between you know like how we want to describe it or something you can just unmute your mics if, if there's something you want to say regarding that um because our hands were up in the first place so we've got to pick from um people whose hands were already up because i guess like there's uh i think there's something to there's something to there's something to the fact that um, I think it's it can be a way of getting past 
uh, excusing, like, because, like, if Nollywood can't be bad, can you ever criticize it then? Because, like, isn't it just what? It's just Nollywood. It's like, so that's, um, I don't, I don't, um, I don't subscribe to, <laughs> I don't subscribe to, I mean, like, I guess, like, it can give, it can be a position, but, like, I think it's, it's not the position, it's not a position that I think, um, is strong or that that can that um, sustain much scrutiny to be honest all right okay i've said a bunch um if if anybody okay um, yeah Wayne's rants go on okay um i think this this is an age-old um debate where the question is can you say art is bad um at its core right um you have people putting bananas on walls and they say it's art and you, you technically can't criticize because art is dependent on what the artist wants to do and um, how his audience receives it. So um, because of that, um, people tend to shy away from this um, debate. I think Nollywood is bad. Um, I think um, why one reason why I'm going to say is bad, because you say you want someone that has a stronger um, standpoint, is I think for the larger part of it, we are declining, right? Um, um, I think it was, we was talking about it, Elizabeth, I was talking about how um, we are patting ourselves on the back for the smallest things. But what, one thing that vexes me the most is, like, we we think we've gotten past some things, and we see, like, four films that have, like, we're like you know, this is the base level, and then we see a big production that is a lot worse than that. So, um, um, yes, I think art can be bad, um, whether or not we're going to classify it and say, oh, is Nollywood trying to be cinema? Is it trying to be telenovela? Is it trying to be an extension of theater? Um, I think we can still say in that vein that this is good or bad, because I think there are rules to every form of art. And for 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 what Nollywood is, um, I think it is bad. And if we're looking at it at cinema, I think it's also bad. Does that mean that um, I think all of Nollywood is bad? Obviously not. Um, but I think, yeah, it's bad. Okay, all right. Um, the one other thing I wanted to discuss was um, where um, where the specific issues were in Nollywood. Um, so, do we see them to be in terms of the areas of badness? Um, because, like, if <laughs> if we, and, and then again, it would be like, what are we measuring it up up against? Can I? Can I? Oh, sorry, oh, sir. Um, wherever, okay. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who's talking. Is it me or I, I, I don't know. Just speak. Go, go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. I'll talk after you. Okay. Um, see, sorry, I came in a little bit late and I, I personally don't think Nollywood is bad because I don't think I, it's, it's kind of saying like Hollywood is bad or something. I don't think an industry, something you can say it's bad or not. I can say individual movies, I can give a judgment to it. I can give a judgment to maybe how the production or trends in it. But for the whole, I cannot say that. <laughs> like, what am I comparing an whole industry to? But also the idea about not saying whether you can say hat is bad or not. I wouldn't necessarily say that Heart is bad, but I understand what people are saying. The colloquial meaning of what people are saying when somebody says something is bad, they're just saying that I don't, that thing particularly doesn't go to me, and there are some things that I just don't like about it. So, 
yeah, you can say that, but if you're going to go into a philosophy or something like, look, there are things that you would like and another person would not like it. And um, so there is no, was what, what I'm trying to say, there's no objective, actually, there's a, there's a spectrum of objectivity that can go with heart, but there is no like, obviously, all true standard, all true something time, all true this, this, this will always be seen as bad. This value would be bad. This thing about heart will always, always be bad. So I don't think there's no way I can, that's why I tend to stay away from saying bad as like, oh, everybody obviously, like this is value, like no value judgment. Like this is objectively bad. Like I tend to try to stay away from that, but I do say it colloquially because what I'm trying to say is like, I don't like this shit. I don't like this stuff. Just personally to me, that's my my opinion. But I don't think you can, I don't think there is way, objectively, art can never be objectively like, okay, bad, bad, because it depends, it always depends on who is looking at it, how they're looking at it, what conversations they're going with it. So that's what I believe. That's what I would say. But that doesn't mean you can't criticize it. Like, I may agree I agree. I may agree with the fact that the banana on the wall is hot. I may agree with that, whatever. But I will criticize it, and I will criticize what it represents and all those things. But I don't think it's just somebody saying, "Oh, art can never be bad." Does not mean that it is. We right. can't have criticism of it. Okay. But, All right. So, uh with the uh, yeah, uh, art is difficult to criticize. Call it bad, um, but it's fair to criticize. Okay. All right. So, like, I allowed, I allowed, I allowed Incans go there. Let's take us a little back because she had the pro. Uh, she was, she was saying that not even she wouldn't call it bad, but I would like us to talk about. What like what the areas the people who think Nollywood is um as bad um tell us what you think uh we're we're bad at and uh, by what standards. <clears throat> um, uh, Otas, do you wanna? Yeah, um, I feel like there are a few objective ways to tell whether art and in this medium specifically movies are bad, especially for Nollywood. And when we're like, what is it, what is it compared to? Nollywood can be compared to itself. Um, and there is a lot of material going back and coming forward. And you can always kind of tell where we started and where we are now. And comparatively speaking, I feel like we're worse off than we started. And one of that reasons, my primary reason, my only reason is just that stories, storylines, plots, they have lost so much depth, so much meaning, so much story. On average, what you are looking out for when you watch a lot of these big movies is flash and substance because that's all they seem to offer. Um, and without a story, like, what is a movie telling you? Nothing. But that's my reason. All right. Thanks, Atas. Mrs. Siri, did you want to... Um, yeah, so I'm with Atas on the story thing. I think that, and again, Nollywood films have their fair share of flaws, right? I mean, Mr. C doesn't stop hopping on about sound. Um, but yeah, fundamentally, I think we have a story problem. And I'll take it back to 
something like Far From Home, right? And this is something that cuts across a lot of stories. Um, I think when we got better cameras and we got drones and we got Netflix um, where people could see our work and it wasn't just limited to being put on Africa Magic or, you know, rental from video stores or, you know, a Roku Critic subscription, a Roku TV subscription, sorry. We don't have a subscription. Um, I think... I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not in their heads. I don't know what happened. But I think a lot of emphasis um, has now been put on how good things look, um, how explosive things can be, um, how dramatic, uh, how many twists and turns we can take. And a lot seems to be lost in how these stories progress. So even when we do have a plot or we're trying to get you know, to different places. I use Far From Home as a reference point of how within an indeterminable amount of time we had somebody going from a Brookie's boy a Brookie's girlfriend to the leader of an underworld organization. Um which well to allow a lot of creative license, but it, it really was just the progression to that point, absolutely insane. Um, and there were a lot of things that, you know, moved in that way. And again, I think I go back to Uche saying, oh, there are people who are enjoying this. So, you know, can we objectively say it's bad if people enjoy it? And I remember that there was a lot of enjoyment of the dramatics, right? Because it's a quick flash. It's, it's like showing, and I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way to anyone, right? Ooh, it's, what's coming? No, elitism, no. go on, do it. No, no elitism. I, I'm not being elitist, I promise, because I enjoy a lot of things. But it's like, it's like you show a toddler something shiny, right? And they're interested in it, right? It's, oh my God, a big plot twist. Oh my God, they put the guy in a cage. It's girl power, right? Because he's been a shitty person. But it's just... <sighs> There's there's something really lost in progressing a story, and I don't know, I don't know what is going on behind the scenes and what you know they have to lose and what they're trading off, and you know what they're unable to fit in, and if there's an aversion to leaving some things on the cutting floor or for something that's a series, like moving something to the next season and just taking a bit of time to develop something. I remember somebody complaining last um, week that we were saying there was no character development in She and uh, how are we expecting character development in season one? It's like, I, I, I was baffled really because how am I supposed to care or root for anyone if I don't get to know them? And yeah, there's something really lost in letting us get to know characters before hitting big plot points. And I think that might be my biggest problem of all. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, a lot to auto on, on, on pick from there. Sorry uh, to the people who are trying to speak. I did say I can't rotate speakers today because this is a panel. Um, it's not like I can say good we've done good section people are out so to just if you do have things to say drop in the comments and we will um uh, we will we'll read it out um um so uh mr c has spoken about a uh uh some level aspects of storytelling that will fall short uh, like does nollywood movies not try to tell um do the storytelling thing and if it does like 
how can we not judge it essentially uh, by by the storytelling levels? Like, oh, do we do I care for the character and all of that? Um, uh, I guess that's the question worth asking. All right, so Omar did it. Okay, I thought I changed my news. <laughs> uh, okay, um, it still says over here. Okay, uh, no problem. So, um, I would say Nollywood is bad with storytelling. I really care about storytelling. I don't really know much about, uh, you know, technicals and um, all that. But with storytelling, Nollywood is bad. You know, it's when I say bad, it's like we had good in the past, and we got, you know, we just changed the, the whole thing flipped and it got worse. Looking back at when I was very young, like six, seven, whenever I see uh, Sunday Kilani, uh, Kilani movies, I, I just feel somewhere like, this is beautiful. You know, this is beautiful. For a 10 year old to see a movie, I'm like, this movie is different in a way. I remember the time I watched uh, Habeni, I was kind of, this movie is beautiful. People are not shouting in this movie. People are not yelling. You know, and other movies, there are movies from Wemimo. Like a few months ago, I was watching uh, Wemimo movies on, uh, was it Kodunko Pokope on YouTube? And I was like, God, we've had good movies in Nollywood. We've had good movies in Nollywood. But our new movies, I don't think I can rewatch most of our movies. I've been trying to uh, rewatch um, King of Boys, but I, I, I was kind of afraid that would I not eat this movie if I would watch it? Would I not eat it? We've lacked, the, you know, the ability to tell good stories that you, you will be able to relate with the characters. If you just want to put this person, we write stories in a way that, okay, I want to serve the audience. You are writing stories to serve the audience, but you, you the writer, you don't feel like I want to serve myself. You don't write movies you want to see yourself. I don't know. Maybe they write these stupid movies because they like to see stupid movies. I don't know. But you should write movies you like to see yourself. You know, create characters that, you know, they are human. Then your audience will fall in love with them. But you want to write this one. Ah, the audience will like this character to jump, uh, jump the fence. Things that don't make sense. They don't really, you know, they don't have anything to do with your story. But you just put that there because you want the audience to to have fun. I was working with one director a few months ago, and what I wrote, the director was like, ah, "There's no conflict here. I, these people, these people, they're supposed to fight this and that." I was like, "Calm down now. Don't you want people to, you know, to relate with this character kind of in the way? You know, no, 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 no. Let them do this. Yeah, let them do." I was, I was just angry, and someone told me that it's the director's film, not your film, not the director's film. The director is the owner of the films, whatever the director says, in a way. I just feel like we've lost the ability to tell stories that, you know, you'll be able to see yourself in the movie that, oh, I've been in this situation. What would I have done? It's not every time you see characters yelling at each other. We sometimes want to copy um, Hollywood, and but we don't have, we don't understand the formula, you know, these people use to make their own films. They are bad Hollywood movies. Yes, they are bad Hollywood movies. But Nollywood gets so bad because we don't even understand anything. We just want to do 
with things that audiences reach out to. Sometimes I'll just see all oh, these uh, African magic series. I'll be watching them. I'll be like, what are these people doing? How come? How did they jump for this place? This place? I was watching Battleground during the lockdown. I, I was watching uh, Battleground and all of a sudden the whole series just changed and things were just happening. From drama to action. It's, it gets so bad that we don't know. We don't know any these things. People go to film schools because in film schools they told you that this and this and this. Then you, you don't you don't even understand what they are saying, but you, because you want that to reflect in your script, you just write script. Bam. No time. No, you don't give your your character the space. You know to feel like human being. To you know to you don't want us to understand them. You don't want us to learn who your characters are. But because you want to put action, you just write, you know. So Nollywood is bad with uh, in storytelling aspects. Actually, it's bad in storytelling aspect and in acting too. Okay, we're not going to do that. So by storytelling, I would say Nollywood is bad. Yeah, because we've had good uh, stories in the past. Old Nollywood had stories. Old Nollywood had stories. Please don't let us lie. Ordinarily, we have stories, but now we don't have stories. Though. Now, yeah, yeah, we do. I beg. That's all I have to say, brother. All right, thanks. Nothing would must change. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So I, I, I like the uh, and you know this is in accordance with what uh, Paraventure said. Uh, he says he wants move the convo from the abstract and use real examples to illustrate the arguments. All right, thanks. Venture hosting from the audience. That's that's fine. Um, for, um, so I think one of the, the one of the things I said recently, uh, recently was the Grio was so, it was a film that seemed to still have like what I would see as our um, um, feels. It felt like where our movies have been coming from whilst paying attention to world building, whilst paying attention to character development, whilst paying, att paying attention to chemistry, good acting. And that's an example of something that, you know, we can, you know, we can say good. Yes, this thing has done good well. Like, and in, in fact, within that same film, right, there's an ending, the ending that the movie shows that almost everybody, my mother-in-law included, <laughs> who, who likes, she must be a babe things the ending for um, um the ending for the Greer is trash um like it seems to be a, to be honest, like there are some things that you can go yes I, I'm not I'm not in the oh the art you know, you know let's not call it good or bad you know I, I think it's it's way in fact I'm just going thinking about it like I don't even think I don't know whether it's coherent to say you can't call it good or bad and say you can criticize um, criticize that. But uh, yeah, for me, like there has, we have examples of good storytelling. Like if you want to talk about Nandra cinema, we have Eum Affair is also there. If you want to talk about um, storytelling, well, I think there's some Iroko movies that do really well with that. Um, I would say uh, most of mine um, is another example of what um, could happen when exactly, Again, we use um, we use our just I won't I won't call it basic, but we use the storytelling from 
our heritage, if, if you want to call it, without like trying to go to Hollywood. Uh, we've been able to do, we've done it before. And that's why uh, for me, I think it's a fair, I don't know about so bad. Maybe, you know, you can describe so. Um, so is, you know, one person's so is another person's a little bit or whatever. But you certainly call it bad because it feels like we we're in no man's land where we're not really our films of today aren't really doing what we did well previously and we're not doing what Hollywood is doing well either. So like when this part where like we're kind of doing some of the things we have almost all the bad habits of old Nollywood, a lot of the bad habits of old Nollywood with the bad habits of Hollywood. And it's just a terrible mixture generally, especially for like the movies we put on Netflix. But um, uh, um, the, do people have examples of, of, um, of areas they want to go um, compare whether it be good Nollywood or bad Nollywood? Yes, I do want to say something, and I want to speak with examples, too. Mm -hmm. um, Go on. Now, earlier when I said that no, I don't think Nollywood is bad, I didn't want to give the impression that I am excusing Nollywood from any kind of critique at all. Um, I just don't think that Nollywood is bad holistically. There, Of course, there are specific um, areas that there are problems. The sound is always bad. Um, I think the cinematography is bad, most almost always. You know, I mean, even the movies that people think are good... Um, I think that, you know, a lot of Nigerians have become accustomed to thinking of cinematography as, quote unquote, picture quality. So people say, oh, the picture was very clear, good cinematography. No, that's not what cinematography is. Cinematography is about framing. It's about blocking. It's about camera movement. It's about focal length. It's about all kinds of things. It's about creating a mood and a tone and an atmosphere. And I think that almost no Nigerian movie that I've watched, Nollywood movie, not Nigerian movie, does that effectively so um i think it also has to, a lot of it has to do with the education of the audience but i'm going to get to that in a moment but um i um i think that the something that a few people have said and which the article said is true and that it starts with the screenplay people always say that uh nollywood doesn't have stories the stories are bad i don't think the stories are bad the screenplay is bad a screenplay and a story are not the same thing and it's, it's about structure. It's about pacing. It's about having things in three acts. And in Nollywood, again, because of its roots in telenovela and in Nigerian television, it tends to be very episodic. And the story just rambles and rambles and rambles without getting to the point. Oftentimes, you'll see a movie that is sold about being about a specific conflict. And that conflict doesn't even appear until like 80 minutes in. And then they have like, you know, something like 40 minutes to tell the story of what the movie was about because they spent, they just spent uh, more, uh, you know, more, more than an hour showing us all kinds of things that didn't matter. So, um, but the thing about that is that sometimes I think that um, the audience wants that. Um, you know, I think about uh, this movie, what was it called again? For Maria Ibum Pataki, was it called? I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think a film club might have done it. I wasn't around then, but I think I've seen it in the backlog. I don't know. You, you guys did it? Um, I don't know if we did it because it didn't get a global, um, it didn't get a global release. So, yeah, I, I, I think it was on Netflix for some time. I didn't mm -hmm. see it when it was on Netflix, but it's on YouTube now. 
Um, I, w- I would like to make references to it, but if people haven't watched it, it may be hard to understand. But let me try my best to do that. Now, the movie is about, um, about postpartum depression. Now, when it opens up, we see the husband talking to the doctor without sound. You know, they're behind the closed door and we can see them through the window. And from the reactions of the husband, who is played by Gabriel Afolayan, beautifully, by the way, we can see his, uh, his sense of despair. And then in the next scene, we see him holding his new baby. And while the nurse says, you know, she briefly says that the, the wife bled a lot and, you know, it was a difficult pregnancy. The next scene, we see him sitting by her bed. I mean, I think he's sleeping in a chair by her bed and she's in bed crying. And I mean, just that's just that's I think that's all, all this takes place in less than a minute. And I think it, it tells us a story right there and then. And I thought it was beautifully done. But when I went online to try to find some discussion about it, I found a lot of people complaining that they felt the beginning was too abrupt, that they wanted to know more about the woman. They wanted to know more about the relationship. They wanted to know more about what her personality was like before the pregnancy so that we could see the difference in her and know that she was depressed. And when I think about it, I say, okay, if this were a Nollywood movie, the way Nollywood would have have told the story they would have started with a meet-cute between the husband and the wife. We would see how they met. We would watch their courtship about how her mother, his mother doesn't like her and uh, her brothers don't like him. And then they overcome that. They would get married. We would watch them, um, you know, having difficulty getting pregnant. And they would go to different doctors and pastors. And then eventually they would get pregnant. And then that's when we would get to the story of the postpartum depression. And that would have been probably like one hour or more into the movie. And that's what it seems people wanted. You know, I think the Nollywood audience has been educated to expect the wrong things a lot of times. And that's the reason why I said that, you know, it's hard to judge the quality of art without taking into account the expectations of the specific audience it was designed for. And Nollywood, Nollywood audiences really want a lot of stuff explained to them. And they really want to know a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with the story at hand. I mean, I saw, I saw some of the same complaints about Yahoo Plus. I mean, that was one of the reasons I liked Yahoo Plus, be- despite all the problems with it. Because it had a very concise story that was told in three acts without um, a bunch of material that didn't have anything to do with that story. And I think, again, this has to do with Nollywood's roots in, in telenovela. People are used to stories that are, that are sorry, episodic and uh, meandering and that go on and on and on. I mean, even in the, the classic Nollywood era that a lot of people seem to um, romanticize, every movie had like four parts, you know, four two-hour parts, six hours for a damn movie. It was more like television than, you know, movies. So I think that's one of the problems that you get with... Um, even the Nollywood movies that are on Netflix and the like, they still have that DNA in them to be episodic and not really adhere to a three-act structure. They just go on and on and on, showing you things that don't matter. Um, okay, I won't let this go on too long. There's one thing I want to respond to that it's Usher said, that we've lost the cinematic language. 
And I want to know when exactly did we have that language? You know, I mean, I don't know exactly what she's referring to. Are you referring to like um, the classic Nollywood of the early 2000s? Or do you mean before that? Can I know I a lot of people have the ten- Wait, let me finish, let me finish. A lot of people have a tendency to um, to really romanticize the movies of Hubert um, Ogunde and Ade Love and the likes. But a lot of people haven't watched those movies. And if you watch those movies, they're theater. They're have you watched it, Utina? I've watched them, yeah. I don't think you have you watched them. I don't think you have watched them. Before I go, let me just say one thing. For example, Kongi's Harvest. That's a movie that a lot of people talk about. Um, it was made in 1970. It was those are based not the films on we're talking it's about. It's a play. It's a play. It, we're not we're talking, talking about a play. It's a movie. No, it's a movie. It was, it, was, it was actually one of the first movies produced But that's in not what we're talking about, and, Uchenna. No, but I'm just trying to say, watch it. It's theatrical. Can we, can we land? Movies, can we land? Can I respond to your question? What about the cinematography? What about the cinematography? It was uninspired, if you ask me. It was really... It was uninspiring. Yes. Okay. Kongi's house okay. is on YouTube now. Can Somebody we? Okay, YouTube. can I Go land, watch. Uche? Because you've day, gone on for a bit. Can I YouTube. speak, Uche? You've gone on for a bit. And I would like to correct one thing because this is where it's very clear that you have not watched Nollywood. Um, you keep referring to Nollywood as having roots in um, telenovelas. That in itself is factually wrong. Factually wrong. Now, the Nigerian cinema's roots are in theatre, not in telenovelas. Two very distinct art forms. So you cannot conflate the two of them together. In fact, the people who are having the issue with telenovela storytelling is current Nollywood, where there is a move of writers from TV series and TV shows, the AM 260s and the likes, moving into film storytelling and then having the issues with episodic storytelling. That is not true Nollywood. And this is the issue with our identity and the crisis that we have as a film industry. What is now known to be Nollywood did not find its beginning until the home video VOD, video on demand era. That is Nollywood. Prior to that, we had cinema culture. We had actual films that were made and we're not talking plays that have then been put on screen as films. We're talking actual filmmaking. People like Tunde Kelani exist, for crying out aloud. People like Tunde Kelani exist. There was a whole era of filmmaking. And this is the issue with discounting the Yoruba film industry. Because for many years, they carried what is Nigerian cinema on their backs on their backs and actually told stories that the Nigerian audience related to, cared about, saw themselves on screen as, that, that influenced culture. It influenced film, music, how we spoke, what we talked about, what we thought. We had cinema culture. People actually went out to watch these films prior to them being able to rent them and bring them into their homes. People actually went out to watch these films. Nigerian film audiences weren't educated on telenovela. That is factually wrong. The first few telenovelas did not start until when? 
and I don't even think we can count things like super stories as tele- telenovelas because those things weren't telenovelas. Those things were just yeah. It's from it's from what's the name? Um, Panikayadi. It's like Panikayadi. Telenovelas so from, I, you are speaking as say, someone who does not have an, a, a clear understanding on the history of what Nigerian filmmaking is. Okay, let, let, me, let me say and something. So you are, say something. You are, no, let me land, though. I let you, you went on for quite a while. You went on for quite a while. And so you are, you are, you are, you are projecting onto Nollywood an identity that isn't ours, right? The film industry has an identity. And that language has been lost. Whether we care about, whether we care to know about it or not, that storytelling language has been lost. And so to 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 place upon Nollywood a, tel- a telenovelic storytelling is fraudulent <laughs> because that is not our storytelling identity. That is not where our roots in storytelling come from. Yeah. Hope okay. I now let me say this. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks a lot for clearing that up for me. I'm. I'm gonna say something. Um... We we turn the stars a little down and just you know. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm always, I'm always cool. I'm always I know, cool. I know. I'm just saying generally. Uh, we can't okay. down now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about myself, right? But I'm not a Gen Z. I'm not a millennial. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what I'm an elderly does that person. Have to do with anything. I'm an elderly person. As Glenn, so, he's let me, aged. Let me tell. Let me tell you. I, I was. I, 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 I remember opening up the Daily Times. And seeing the ads for Adil Love's Taxi Driver and wanting to see it because, but I couldn't because I lived in the East and those Yoruba movies were not being shown in my area. I can remember when Igbo uh, film producers, if you can call them that, started shooting on video around 1983. I was around there, okay? So I remember when Yoruba people started shooting on uh, video in the late 80s. I can remember when. Uh, uh, living in bondage first came out, and the uh, the sensation that it caused. Now let me let me talk about this. Why I say that Nollywood comes from telenovela. Now you'll notice that when I speak about Nollywood, always I always make a distinction between Nollywood and Nigerian film. I don't I don't conflate the two things. They're different. Nollywood comes from telenovela, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, it's not that we didn't have films before. Yes, we did have cinematic culture we had movies that were shown in the theater but i am just saying that those movies were not cinematic they were filmed theater and you may say oh nollywood didn't come from this it came from that no nollywood came from a bunch of different sources so the the reason that nollywood became nollywood you know people talk about living in bondage and say it was the first nollywood movie it wasn't it wasn't the first movie that was shot on 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 video people had been shooting movies on video since 1983 Living in Bondage came out in 1991, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Living in Bondage wasn't the first. And Living in Bondage, what Living, let, let me tell you what Living in Bondage did that was different from everybody else. But wait, Bo- is, it, is it relevant? I, we're, we're straight exactly. off. We're, we're straight off. off. It, it, no, it, no, it, no, no, let him speak. I really, yes, I think it's relevant yes. because it influences the reasons why Nollywood is the way it is today and why the storytelling is the way it is today. Now, people, Yoruba filmmakers had been shooting on video, and they were shooting basically uh, video, uh, videotaped plays. It was theater. Living in Bondage had a different style to it. First of all, it used a lot of actors from TV. Like um, uh, There was a popular TV show at the time called Checkmate, and a bunch of actors from Checkmate were on Living in Bondage. It gave it a different feel. 
it gave it a more of a telenovela. It gave it more of a TV feel. And of course, it was an Igbo language. I always say that the first, um, the first Nollywood movie was not Living in Bondage. It was Glamour Girls, which was made by the same producers. Because after Living in Bondage was successful and it was an Igbo, they said, why don't we make it in English? And then that's when they made Glamour Girls. And Glamour Girls had certain features that are very, very unique to the telenovela style, which is um, very, uh, well, glamour, for one thing, you know, uh, a love for, for physical glamour and beauty, sentimentality, very heightened, dramatic um, situations. And these things became the style that became Nollywood, English language Nollywood. Yoruba movies was something different at the time. So I don't think a cinematic language was ever really developed. Uh, the Yoruba people were doing theater and just filming it. And then the English language stuff was basically based on television. And at that time, there was a, there was a, there was a telenovela that, this is where telenovelas, you guys, you know, Spanish telenovelas first came to Nigeria. There was one that was called The, the Rich Also Cry. And it was extremely influential. And it influenced the ethics of Nollywood. And I think that those ethics have continued to this day, that the way people write their screenplays, it's more influenced by television and telenovela. And that's part of the reason why the stories don't work. That's the reason the pacing doesn't work. That's the reason why the characterizations are so shallow. That's the reason why they are so plot-centric and why action is not driven by character, but is rather driven by plot. And that's why things don't make sense. I'm sorry for going on too long. Who wants to talk next? I would like to say something. Um, I, I would like Thank to say something. Please, no, please. Okay. None of you. None of you. mercy on the mic. All right. No, the king's daughter has been waiting for a bit. Has her hand. Has had hand. Has had <clears throat> her mic up. So please um, just go on, the king's daughter. Okay. I think conversation has shifted to a lot of technical language. Please. I'm just going to speak as someone who um enjoys watching Nollywood because I generally enjoy watching things I can relate to and Nollywood has stolen that away from me. So back to the first question. I don't know if Nollywood is bad or Nollywood is good. Very difficult to to answer that for me because um someone mentioned somewhere in this conversation that people actually enjoy some of these things. You go to um youtube and you see movies getting one million views in three days with kadiri would do a movie that i would cringe so badly at and then uh, people are watching it and they're enjoying it so is it catering to the audience would that define good for them like i don't know it seems to define good for those people so it's very difficult but for me or oh, the time that i want and i'll say i'm not really bad and basically with the storytelling and the casting, which is a very recent problem, that's four, five years. Storytelling seems to be, to go back as in, it just something, um, I think her, sorry, I follow her, I forgot her name, but something Elizabeth said, um, it just plateaued. It was, it got to a point, it felt good, and you thought that we we're going to get past, and we, we just got to that point, and instead of getting better, continued to decline. As for casting, that has just become a recent um, problem with nepotism and all that is happening in Hollywood, where you begin to see the same faces in movies playing this character that they played in their previous movie in a new movie, and nothing is changing. So the characters don't mean anything to us. And 
coupled with the fact that that's a character that I cannot even relate to. We have movies where you cannot identify the character anywhere in society. There was a reason Sister was celebrated as it, as it was, right? People wanted a different ending to just teach society um, a different path to dealing with this problem. But the truth was that people could identify all of all those characters in those stories. Um, even the girl, as you had mentioned, it was very relatable. Conversations that would happen, but we would have things like my dear Auntie Mo, we produced Far From Home, and I do not know who they are talking about. I don't know where. And the very recent one, which feels like um, who should not be spoken about, but I, I don't know where all those characters were gotten from because I cannot identify with them. And then they will now make one very sharp progression. And you're wondering, from where to where? How did this happen? What was done with Far From Home, the character in Far From Home, where the girl moved from being somebody's girlfriend, people in Milkmaid did it, and it was believable. We almost sympathized with a Boko Haram person who raped somebody because they showed us how it could be done. But that's just an exception. Most people are like far from home, jumping and jumping. I just really wish. I always say something about Nollywood. It feels like people come up with an idea, gather the cast, and then write the story. And then everybody must fit into that thing as well. So the right, there is very small budget for the writer. The writer has to work with a cast that, I'm assuming, no, please, I'm not saying this will happen, but that's what it feels like. The writer has to work with these characters, whether or not they, they fit in. And in the end, what comes up is a concoction. And then most recently, we're now trying to do twists and turns. I don't know who, how people thought that that's the problem with Nollywood. Like, our stories are, we cannot do twists and turns better than Hollywood, at least for now. We can't do cinematography and all those things better than Hollywood, at least for now. What we can do better than them is tell our own stories, but we've left that one and face twists and turns that Hollywood will do better than us. End of cooking concussion right there, not true. Thank you. All right. Can I speak? <laughs> Thank you, the King's Daughter. I do, I appreciate uh you guys you wait don't worry people speak um let me first thank her because like sometimes some people because of some of people with your sweet technical language here some people get discouraged from coming on but i enjoy the perspective of somebody who also just watches films but i would say that i'm sure there are some people who listen to you and also feel um a little uh, um, a little scared of coming to follow you but no i appreciate uh, the angle um, uh, Michael hasn't, I haven't heard from Michael. Um. Hi, thanks. Actually, I have a question for Joseph. Joe, he wrote the, the uh, essay that inspired this, this question. I don't know if Sorry, Michael, you are probably giving people a headache at this point. sound, I'm sorry. Not even in the house. Um, uh, try going up and coming back on. Yes, 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 yes. I didn't get that. What did you say? Your, your sound, your audio is bad. Okay, it's better now. Oh, it sounded like I'm sorry. I think I, I, I wasn't. Go ahead. So I said, um, I would like. I, I have some questions to ask Joseph, um, the writer of the essay that inspired this discussion. I saw him. He's here. I don't know if he's available to take my questions. So you can ask the question and uh, okay. It, it will... okay, I I I would like to hear directly from him. So let me ask him. Um, one, 
in his essay talked about he cited visual literacy as um one of the um, reasons why the same a generation of filmmakers who do not understand cinema language and then he used the analogy of you know shots being it was he compared shots to um paragraphs and, and syntax basically and i think uchina also touched on it here something about um filmmakers and even the audience not understanding the language of cinematography so i want to ask joe that um how exactly i want him to um expatiate on that how significant is visual literacy to creating a generation of you know visually literate nigerian filmmakers and how it could improve the filmmaking in general how can that be done with government intervention because we learn to read um we, we learn to read and process words in school but there's really not much attention in reading images in reading films so is that something that needs to be introduced how can it what um, multiplier effect would it have also the lack of visual literacy of oh, let me let me not say lack but let me say underdeveloped visual literacy which um joe posited would you say it is tied to our oral culture because our culture the different tribes um ethnic groups in nigeria is is very oral do you think he has something to do with that that perhaps that's why we are not telling you know stories so well in a, in a visual medium also uh, in your essay can i i'm not done hold on please yeah in your essay you cited um the lack of a cinema culture as one of the reasons why the films are bad and you also said that you also wrote that many of the filmmakers are always um bringing up the argument of money which i think is valid because they are in the business and they know what people like so um the question are you also cite okay let me quote something you said you michael, said michael, you i think what's going to, michael i think what's going to be best is if you when i'm almost done wait no no wait wait because i'm saying this because he's not going to remember all the questions so what i think is best for you to do is if you type out your questions in a tweet and then we can read it out to him and he can actually have them look at them whilst well, uh, whilst answering him there. And then, I, because like, we have, wait, 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 wait. Uh, why are people unmuting themselves? Uh, and, uh, and then if, if um, you want him to speak, you might, you might have to, um, might have to actually uh, uh, relinquish your position as speaker, if, if that's okay with you. But like, because like, again, the sort of speaker thing is it's kind of full. And I, I said not, I wasn't going to kick off anybody else. Um, but yes, uh, he is scoring on the queue. But Michael, if, if if that's what you want to do, um, let me know if you want to give up your position for him to come on and answer your questions. And then just tweet them and I'll read them out exactly as it is, four or five questions there. Do, do you get uh, Michael? Yeah, you can take me off as, as a speaker. I'll, I'll type out the question. Okay. Thanks. Yep. No worries. Okay. All right. Uh, meanwhile, 
<clears throat> Meanwhile, um, does anybody want to have a go at? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You're on to me. Oh, thank you very much. So, first of all, I actually just wanted to. Will I say add on to what Vanessa was saying? Was it Elizabeth was saying regarding the cinematic language thing? So the thing is, and um, when we are talking about if Nollywood films are bad, first of all, I personally don't think anybody would set out to make a bad film. I don't think um, people are going to invest or put money into what they think is going to be a bad film. So I think that just um, leads to the question that is there a particular general consensus on what is a bad film? For example, we know that like Indian films, they have a way of doing their own thing. Korean films, they have their own way of doing their own thing. Like they have their own cinematic language. But for for some Nigerians, some people might say that oh, um, so 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 Indian film is bad because they don't like the way the Indians use their own cinematic language or something like that. But then. I just think that it's it's not necessarily about the cinematic language that the industry uses or whatever. I think that film in itself is, I don't know if comprehensive is the right word to use, but film encompasses um, so many different kinds of art forms. It, con um, it encompasses fine arts, um, literature, music, performing arts. So I think if we really want to find a way of discussing if Nollywood films are bad, then I think we have to look at um, the various things that make up a film. In terms of literature, we're going to look at it in terms of storytelling. Is the story good? What makes a good story? That's when you start looking at um, the characters and the plots and how the characters and the plots interact with each other. When you look at music, that's when you look at how, old, um, how the music and the scene... Um, complement each other or how the music helps to tell the story performing arts that's when you look at how um what's it called how well the actors are able to deliver their lines or how convincing their portrayal of a particular character or a role is and in terms of what nollywood has been producing recently if i'm going to be very honest i feel like they are bad on all the different levels that make up film so yeah, so basically what I'm just trying to say is I don't think Nollywood films are bad because of the way Nollywood films are made. I don't think there's anything wrong with... I don't know if I'm making sense. I just think there is everything wrong with the things that make that's supposed to make a good film, if that makes sense. But that's what I want to say. So, right. sorry, yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yes, okay. Can I go after Elizabeth? Elizabeth wants to speak, please, Omodudu. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You guys, it's a school night, please. <laughs> okay, so um, everybody has spoken about, you know, what they think is bad. I don't want to respond to a lot of the speakers, but... And I'm also going to cut out screenwriting because anybody who knows me on this on this show, we are always fighting screenwriting every other Sunday. So let me just drop screenwriting and may I touch on what Timmy just mentioned, and that's about the cinema language, which is mostly um, identity. And um, I hear Uchena when he said, you know, our language was mostly telenovela, and honestly, I will not agree, but that's fine because. Um, 
I agree with um, Van when she said that our language is steeped in theater. And you still see it in a lot of some of the, of the way we actually direct. I'll come to that also because we direct a lot in prose. So what I think about cinema languages, like almost other cinema, any cinema era from other countries, even from the Hong Kong, Hong Kong, South Korean, we like melodrama. Almost every human likes melodrama. The Indian industry likes, loves elevated melodrama right to the extent that it's it has become their cinema language there are some movies i won't watch when it comes to bollywood because i used to love them when i was younger now i don't have the patience for it but i still seek out bollywood like i would watch um lunchbox i love it a lot i talk about it a lot i would watch uh, is it love sir i would talk about it a lot it it is now more to my own taste right this these films are rather they are to my taste now because at some point I wanted something a little bit more toned down. But if you watch um disco dancer back then, and you watch uh, what's this new film that my guy has done, Shahrukh Khan, you see that there is no difference. Again, this is how to build cinema language, and I'm not going to sit down watch a Bollywood and be yammering about what what I don't like because I'll be a fool because I am aware that I am watching a Bollywood language movie. It's going to be three hours. It's going to be over the top. It is going to be dramatic. It is going to be melodramatic. These are cinema languages, right? And then when you come to like, like, um, like Hong Kong film industry, like Wong Kai Wai, before, before he moved, before he moved and developed what's, you know, most of them started developing afterwards was him realizing that there's, they would rather tell day-to-day stories of people. Again, Audience don't form an affinity for a certain type of film if it's not what you have been feeding them consistently. I say this thing all the time because if today Kelani re- releases Sharoide tomorrow, it will, it will flop at the cinema. And I mean it if it was a new director, a new filmmaker. It will flop because right now our taste has been tuned in into whatever it is that film one tells us that this is what the audience wants to. And we'll come to that later. If film, if Kule Apulayo was a new filmmaker, made the figuring today, it won't make that 90 million he made in 2009. He will not make it. Of that was it 30 million, whatever. He won't make it in 2023. Nobody is it's going to flop. And film one will tell you that people don't like this kind of movie. And it is a lie. Do you understand? Because I think that it is what it's garbage in, garbage out. It is what you feed your audience that that you develop your audience's palates, right? And this is what filmmakers across different Asian TV, Asian you know cinema era wave developed, right? They made sure that whatever it is they feed the audience is what develops the audience palates. Now. If we move on from then and look at the way, let's even remove the uh, entire Nigerian cinema, the even including the Godin era, even though Godin era, they were shooting at theater or is based on theater, but it was also based in real life situations in such a way where it was also stories that were told in the, in the, in the, in, in, in the community, which is also the way Hollywood developed. Let's be serious. So people were carrying books, Shakespeare, and were, were developing into films, right? So rather than continue in a way where we began to progress, Things fell. So even if you look at the early era 90s, Nollywood now, not the entire Nigerian film industry, right? But there was still a form to our story. And it's not true that they did not know 
structure or they couldn't have started either way you can look like a film like violated the way it started we didn't even see meet gate but we knew that you know ego boy's character was looking for a child or you look at movies like mortal inheritance or you look at movies like silent night right movies that start quickly from the very first scene these films were written 94 93 96 right and it isn't and i don't like to hear it when people say oh people like to hear backstories there are lots of films without backstories. Mortal Inheritance, we just, we knew, immediately we saw Omatala Jaladi's character on the hospital bed. She had sick cell from scene one. We knew what the entire movie was going to be. Or when you have Silent Night with um, Moses' face, Ramsey Noah's character, um, we already, they introduced us to Black Iris' character, Killing. We already knew who these people are. It's not true that old films weren't doing this, right? In fact, sometimes I'm amazed that people like Andy Amenichi People who then, sometimes I'm like, did they go to film school? Because the way they write the structuring, the three acts completed, loopholes not found, right? But these were films written in, in a time where I felt, which I still say, that the film industry regulated itself before whatever it is that we had in the 2000s. But we won't get back to that. So the point is, Nigeria is lacking in an, in, in an identity. The Bollywood structured itself in such a, they made so much from love. Jigga, they were marketing love. They marketed love so much that they became, they would, everyone was watching them everywhere else. It's like the Chinese, you know, Chinese whatever industry too. They were marketing arts, martial, martial arts. The Asian wave was doing that. The Korean cinema, uh, apart from when, you know, Hong Kong was doing a lot of the daily, you know, um, slice of life movies. We're also seeing the Koreans doing a lot of thriller. Do you get they were doing thriller, more thriller, thrilling stories, even though they were adding melodrama. You cannot remove melodrama. There's oh, personally to me, I don't think anything is wrong with melodrama. You just need to make sure that you have an identity that you market. Now that's on identity and audience literacy. Now, one other problem we have, and I will say I mentioned already, is directing in prose, right? A lot of our directors don't understand that film is visual arts. No, the film is not what you have written as script. And we see it all the time in our script writing, right? So you want to explain, and I don't believe it that the audience wants to be explained. So I think it's it's I think I think it's demeaning. And I think I think you it's like calling your audience idiots, right? And I think it's unfair because our also our filmmakers say, I put it in there, I'll give you an example. Uh during Gang of Lagos, and there was this thing where um Adesua's character changed clothes. I found that uh, explanation so annoying, not, not so insulting, because there are 10,000 other ways to shoot that scene without telling us that, oh, you know, she's been wearing masculine clothes. So when the other guy said, why are you dressing like a man? That's why she switched. Look, you could have shown it by, she, she doesn't even need to speak. We could have seen her pop the trunk. We could have seen the dress in the bag. It's all about the visuals. Nobody had to say a word. But we feel like, because I meant I made a character say something. <laughs> you can make a silent film. I hope you know that. <laughs> film started with silence. Like when I was saying anything, you can make a silent film and the entire movie will be in there. And I'll keep mentioning Enmity Jean from that, whatever that Netflix did. It's amazing in the sense that Enmity Jean has so much visual. And I understood that movie because all of the words said there could be four. Same thing with how everybody used to attack um, James Cameron with um, Terminator 1. It hardly had, but you're not confused. It has beginning, middle, end. Okay, fine. His characters didn't say anything, but you saw the beginning, middle, end, right? Because this is film. It's about the touch of hand, the angle of your camera. It's the lighting, it's the mood. 
sometimes again it is editing but because we have um I'm, I'm going to call names and I'm so sorry I'm not dissing anybody. I just feel like there is a way they can elevate their directing. I love Beyonce Stevens so much, but I will say that she's one of the persons that I realize that she directs improves a lot. She wants to keep explaining things and I think in the bid to explain so much, the film comes off with um, or, I, I don't know how to explain it. The, the emotion is not sustained right in one minute you're crying for a character and you're then there is a plateau there is a flat line then there's that so it's it's undulating your board your your peak your interest is peaked then your board again then oof, what was that resolution right so our directors need to understand visual filmmaking in the first place this is not a book this is not literature this you're not explaining anything to anybody and then when it comes to our camera as much as we like to say that the camera, whatever quality was not good in the 2000s and the late in the early 90s, but there was something Nollywood used to do then that personally for me is a Nollywood filmmaking language, cinematic language. We have a way of doing those low angle camera, low angle camera, looking at your, the, 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 the character from beneath, make them big. From, at, from the top, make them small to, to explain things. And there's another thing we do, static camera with, 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 the, with the characters walking in and out of the frame. These are the little, little things that you might not have picked up, but at a point it was a, was a standard Nollywood filmic, cinematic film language. Okay, maybe the cameras were bad. They were, they were video cameraman video cameras, right? But they served the purpose in a kind of language it was trying to do. So at the core of it, apart from screenwriting, is that we have a large identity crisis going on right now because everybody's trying to make a Z-list, B-list Hollywood film. And we're doing it badly because, again, this is not our language. So we're picking things from so many things. We're picking tropes, borrowing tropes willy-nilly, annoyingly at, at that. And then the stories comes off watch. I'm not interested. And again, it might seem as though we are, we are jammering and hammering at these things. I've seen gangs of Lego um, of New York. Gangs of Lagos cannot impress me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to patch you in the back. But if you gave me something different that I've not seen before, maybe I would I would do a, a, a dance. I've seen John Wick. Whatever which that what, what was the name? I can't remember now. But it was not going to interest me because again, you're pandering to an audience that already has their story. And this is why during the, the lockdown, K drama sort of like came in. We already have Korean films already crossing over. Hollywood was already remaking Korean movies as far back as the 2000s, right? But these are the movies. But K-drama did something that the telenovela, you know, did, but people got bored or tired of. These guys, most of the K-drama I watched earlier were bad camera, quality horrible, sound bad. I watched it. But now they have increased in leaps and bounds in a way that we have not. And we, I don't know where to put that really. And I really am not going to, you know, thank the ocean for having water in it. Thank you. Oh. So, I speak now, please. Uh, no, wait, 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 wait. I, I I'm so sorry. I'll meet you. you. Just meet yourself. I meet you. All right. Okay. I actually, the person who I wanted to bring up next was actually Joe, because um, it is his sort of writing, but I think he has just dropped, um, dropped off from the speaker's thing. So, um, and. I guess in his absence, in his absence, uh, you can't, you can't, you can't speak. But Thank you. please keep it brief. Keep it brief. I wait. You're talking to Inko. So yes, so. yes. 
Yeah. You always mute me unnecessarily, but it's oh, okay. there you go. I'm, you know I'm already used to the that. abuse. Um, so yeah, what I I look, I kind of agree with uh, Mr. Uche, right? He says, Mr. Uche, um, with the idea where it says about cinematography, cinematography, I feel like Nollywood should go learn from the best people to do cinematography for storytelling with mood and atmosphere Kore- Koreans and especially Korean dramas I'm not talking necessarily about Korean movies Korean movies are different from Korean dramas okay people need to know there's a difference um but K-dramas they need to learn from that um they need to learn how to do cinematography from them you know and then imbibe it into your own personal way you can learn you can pick up and imbibe it into your own personal way I agree but the thing I kind of disagree with is that indeed cinema language is not just cinematography. Cinema language is every other thing that happens that we see on the cinema and that we can, if we watch enough times, we can tell that, oh, this is something that tends to happen in this industry. And I think with that, I disagree with him saying that Nollywood does not have its um, cinema language. It does. It's not the type of cinema language that you might think is a cinema language. But I will agree with him that they don't know how to necessarily use visual language. Um, Not realize that the camera itself is something that could be used to tell the story itself, not necessarily like the characters have to say it in dialogue. Um, I think the issue that we're talking about, about what makes Nollywood bad, current Nollywood back. We are we are a club that normally just watches the movies that get on the more international platforms. I don't think that it needs to be better movies that get on the international platform because um Netflix is a Netflix is a company. They just want content and content is whatever show and whatever they I don't care. <laughs> like it's on it, it's on it. And people get surprised that oh this really bad movie is on it. Yeah, it happens in Hollywood, in Hollywood too. Really bad movies are on 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 Netflix and <laughs> and on something. And I'm okay with it. I don't I don't think there should be any regulation of movies. I think everybody should be able to make whatever kind of movies they should make. Now, with that said, I can criticize your movie. Um, the thing about this, those people, the ones that we particularly see their movie on this club, is that. They want to be, they, I genuinely do believe that they love Hollywood movies. And also, just to put it there, movies, film, cinema, the, the earliest movies were made from people who were basically working in theater. Remember, theater is older than cinema. Like the Lumiere brothers, the Lumiere brothers were actually not working in cinema, they were photographers. Um, the people that the guy that made the first the old movies of Flying to the Moon, one of the very first filmmakers, hero that Messi Scorsese made about his um a fictionalized story about his life. Yeah, those that guy was a magician. Um, vaudeville, all those things. So it's movies language originally already already come from like theater. So I'd all something. The thing about those people, those movies that we see on Netflix and that, is that they love movies. Like for instance, I'm gonna use I'm 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 gonna use what's the guy's name that runs Antio. Yes, that guy. Well, I can clearly see when he talks in his interview. He loves 
America, he loves movies. He wants to run an animated studio. He wants to be the next Walt, Walt Disney. You were born like 100 years too late, my brother, but he wants to be the next Walt Disney. Um, I get, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But I feel like they kind of a little bit look down on Nollywood. And I don't, and I'm not saying they don't love the movies that come. I can clearly see they have, he has a clear passion for movies. He clearly does. But they copy the things from Hollywood and they do these things because they think that if they do this, they get into, you can see a sense of like, of accomplishment, the sense of belief of accomplishment into it. And it's okay. It's, it's just not like far from home. Like somebody chose. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not localized in Nigeria. It's, 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 it's like very, very Americanized. And I, and I, and I, it, you cannot see, it's just, it's a, it's very confusing about what your audience is. It's also very confusing because, and I don't think this is only a Nigerian thing. There's also another issue apart from like the lost identity, but there's also another issue is that, that is not that I see globally because I watch a lot of different global something and I try to learn so much about their industries and trends in their industry. You just start to see where it's the story itself no longer it becomes something that is about spectacle. I think that's the best I I I it's the best way I can say it. In America, American movies are complete. I don't even know. They're just like basically Marvel movies now. And the Marvel movies are no longer uninspiring. It's, they're all remaking old things from like 1990 something. And they're repeating it for you, repeating it for you, repeating it for you. I don't know if anybody went to see Barbie. Barbie is just meta, 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 meta comedy upon meta comedy, which has already been popular in America for a while now. There's nothing really new about Barbie. It's just meta commentary. And they pick it up from the internet. I'm 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 sorry. I don't get all this praise for Barbie. Barbie was a good movie, but like there's nothing new. The same thing with Nollywood movie. There's this trend in Nollywood movie where it's not necessarily meta comedy. It is. Oh, can I? Say? It is. Cop, it is literally copying America in a way that doesn't make any like. It's not like you're taking the technological ways from America. It's just like far from home again. Yeah. What school no, is that? Sorry, let me finish. Let me finish. What school is? Right, I'm sorry. Uh, I've got to be strict yeah. today because we have to be because a lot of people are on here. A lot of people want to speak, and uh, Joe is here before he disappears again with his um with his network. I I want to give him give him a word, and I'm going. No, I was I was always going to do this anyway. All right, Joe. Um, I don't know. Haven't heard. I think there's like I guess there's an aspect. Um, to what we've discussed on here that um, you you didn't particularly uh, focus on. Um, and I can actually understand why, because I think sometimes when, uh, when we're saying not even movies, I think um, sometimes um, the focus can be on what is a Nollywood movie. And I think it's one of those things like, you know, uh, when you see it, you know it's right. Like one of those things, and I think everybody generally ninety five percent or so of people agree on what uh, agree on what it counts as a Nollywood movie or not. So, um, but um, given like this aspect of um, um, whether 
what we've discussed today, just in general, uh, that you didn't you didn't incorporate in your in your article. Uh, are there any commentaries you have, or any anything you wish you could add, or was there anything lost in edits? Uh, sure. Okay, Mr. C, thank you so much. Uh, just, can we hear me? Is my mic okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you clearly. Okay, because sometimes it messes up. Um, I've been following the conversation for a while now, and so many um, interesting and valid points have been brought up. And uh, yeah, of course, I, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, but something that someone said, I think it was Uche now, that... Uh, the history of um, Nollywood is, is is rooted in theater. And then someone said, in, in telenovela, and then someone said, someone else said theater. And then I can't remember who spoke after, but said that uh, the, um, melodrama is kind of what Nigerian or Nollywood films today kind of uh, are, you know, banking on. And I would like to say that I think um, that sentimentality, that sense of theatricality is something that theater and telenovelas share. So uh, I, I think it's definitely very valid that since we've had so many um, sources to our to where we are, because it's, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of so many different things, right? There's, like you, like Uchina Raikri said, at one point, the people were doing their own thing, the people were doing their own thing, and then English language films came up. And then, so we've had so many influences, so many strings to get to this ocean that we're calling Hollywood today. And yeah, definitely all those influences can be seen here. Uh, I think... One, thing I want to, one, one other thing I want to say is that I want to kind of um, commend filmmakers and filmmaking generally. Yes, a lot of Nollywood has been bad. I mean, I wrote the article, but I think because I wrote the article, a lot of people think that I'm just very dismissive of uh, Nollywood in general or something. That's not the case at all. I'm also a filmmaker. I'm a screenwriter, and I understand how hard, how tasking it can be to actually create a whole world on paper, right? Characters, plot, everything, and I have to, like, put it on paper. And I rightly said a, a, a work of narrative cinema will either die or live by its screenplay. And it's true. So that's a lot of work on the screen, right? That's a lot of work to do in an industry where there isn't that much support, there isn't that much uh, of a structure to fall back on and all that. I mean, imagine writing such a huge story in two weeks. It's, it can be a lot. So just credit where credit is due. But then in spite of that, one thing I've noticed is that, um, like I said in the article also, that Steven Soderbergh said, a film is as unique as a fingerprint. Right? What that means is that there has to be intentionality behind it. That is what film is. It's, I want to do this thing. Like, there's a vision. Usually the director has the vision, right? According to what Quentin Tarantino says a lot. The director has the vision and then he employs different people to help him or her execute that vision. There has to be. And, and, and the, the audience has to see that this is what they were going for. Right? I saw a film recently. I think it was my last review for What Kept Me Up. Probably going to come in a few days. And I, not, I noticed in the review that, it's an Hollywood film, I noticed in the review that there wasn't one close-up shot in the film. Not, not one. <laughs> not one did the director cut to a close-up or an insert shot. At every point in time, the camera is either in a wide shot or a medium shot. And I found it very jarring, very an hour into the film. But then after a while, I, re I began to realize that it's, it's not that the absence of a close-up shot in this movie automatically makes it bad. It's that there's very little intentionality behind the absence of the close-up, right? A director like Jim Jarmusch in Stranger Than Paradise, an indie film from 1984, I think, really used close-ups, except maybe in shots, in scenes, shots in cars, because the camera has to be like close to the, to the character's face if it's taking place in a car, right? But he kind of like, they did away with close-ups and it worked. So it's not that, 
I, and I mentioned it in the review. It's not that okay. The fact that there's no close up at all, like they, they, the the director doesn't pull us into the character's headspace. I mean, that's valid. Like that's one of the reasons you use a close up in the first place. But it, there's very little intentionality done, and behind that decision, right? So that is what I meant by like as unique as a fingerprint. I don't care if there, there, there are short films on YouTube where there isn't any uh, what's the name? There isn't any. The camera doesn't show the the, the characters' faces. It's just their hands. Right, because like Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock says, uh, the hands are just as expressive as the face, right? I can show you um, the, the, the clip of someone's hands shaking and you can tell what emotional state the person is in, right? So the, 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 the entire thing is just told by focusing the camera on their hands, right? A very intentional decision. Of course, it might be hard to make a narrative film that way, like a full-length narrative film, but intentionality is all it is, right? Um, you're shooting a movie in black and white. Why are you shooting in black and white? Do you understand? You're not you're shooting a movie with no sound, like the artist in 2012. Why? There has to be a, a reason. And it's all about um reaching that emotional crescendo for the audience, right? Most of the time, you want the audience to feel something. That's what cinema is, right? Again, like Tarantino says, yeah, the, the director basically is, is the conductor of the orchestra, playing the audience's emotion, playing with the audience's emotions anyhow he wants, right? So any tool you use has to be to that effect, has to be to push that crescendo further and further up until the climax, whether you're using a certain kind of sound, whether it's in black and white, whatever it is. And that is one thing I haven't really seen in Hollywood. Yeah, especially in mainstream films. Because when I, whenever we talk about it, they say, oh, you want them to be shooting indie films or artsy films, go to Europe if you want all those kind of things. No, in your mainstream films, you can have intentionality, serious intentionality. I mean, look at someone like Christopher Nolan. He's a mainstream director. But I, I would, I would uh, you'd be remiss to uh, Austin find any Nolan film that you wouldn't at least enjoy on some level. So it gives you entertainment, but it also gives you so much to think about, so much to feel, right? At least most of the time, except when he's being too cerebral. Do you understand? Um, sorry, just one, one more point. Uh, sorry. Yeah, as far as visual literacy um, is concerned, I said that, um, I said that um, film is um, a, a, it's basically audiovisual shorthand. That's why I said. And yeah, I still stand by that. It's, it's shorthand. It's not supposed to give you everything right it's not it's not prose right and the reason it's shorthand well, let me compare it to poetry poetry is kind of the is written shorthand right for instance if i want to write a novel on ibadan i grew up in ibadan if i want to write a novel on growing up in ibadan and all that or just ibadan as a place i can write hundred a hundred thousand words <laughs> i mean this is as a novel and then someone like jp clark all those years ago decades ago 50 something years ago just wrote how many just like a four-line form right running splash of rust like it's it's distilled language. That's what poetry is. It's distilled into into the, the, its barest form, right? To be able to give the audience that that emotional gut punch. That is what cinema is: shorthand, distilled visual language, right? And and it's like I said, <laughs> like I said in the, in the article. So it's, I, I said everybody can learn it, and I also still stand by that. It's just that we have to be very adamant about it. We have to be. I mean, people like Scorsese and his and the um, what's the name, the film brats during the seventies that you know ushered in new Hollywood. Apart from the fact that they were trained, they, they actually went to film school. I think they're the first generation that did so. They they were learning from everywhere, from Hong Kong, from from Kurosawa, from um, Bergman, from everywhere, and even from their peers to Herzog. Every like you have to open up yourself to all because the, the language of cinema is universal. It's like music or mathematics. Like you cannot. Everybody understand. That's why we can watch silent films for God's sake. Made hundreds of years and um, hundreds of um, 
made decades ago rather and made in a different culture in a different time in a different location and we can still feel because it's shorthand right so i think if we put more attention to towards um if the filmmakers put more attention towards that um i'm talking to myself too because like i said i'm a screenwriter more attention to making language more cinematic more visual more I said audiovisual shorthand, but yeah, yeah sound is also, is also part of it. So more um, about distilling, instead of like trying to always put everything out there, instead of trying to always, you know, do the, do the most, like run the whole gamut of everything, just little by little by little by little. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm very scattered right now. Sorry, last, I know I said that was last, but last thing, my favorite Nigerian movie, we don't even say my favorite Nigerian movie. Uh, new lost you there, oh. All right. Sorry. I think yeah, okay, we lost you for a bit. You were talking about your favorite Nigerian movie. Yeah, I said my favorite um new Nollywood film is King of Boys 2018. And that's because for you you, you can walk up to any of the average Nigerian, at least someone that has seen the movie, and mention the name in your last salami, and they would at least know what you're talking about. Or go, oh, because the, the, as, as, as plot heavy as that film is, it's almost three hours long, almost the Godfather length. As plot heavy as that film is, the character at the center of it is so well defined. We do not even agree with everything she does. We don't, she's a villain, right? She got to the table by killing. Analogy and his family, like Analogy's family, by him basically, and then taking it while he was sick. So we do not have to agree with everything she does, but we understand where she's coming from. The first scene, she's shown outside, like smiling and all that, and the next scene, she's killing a guy in cold blood and asking her, her what's the name, her boys, if they have eaten anything. And the next scene, she's being an altruist by giving somebody um um lace for free for her wedding. And in the next scene, she's we're, we're doing a flashback showing how she was abused as a child and how that, you understand, like, it's very, very, very character focused. Very character focused. Of course, the film has its flaws, but it's, it's still my, um, it's, still, it's, it's also dear to my heart because that's how you can do a blockbuster. That's how you can do something that is mainstream Nollywood, right? Everybody's going to be talking about it, but still focus on character, still focus on just trying to get us into the character's head. At her lowest point, we see her have visions of people that she's killed, or people that she's wronged, people that have died because of her. And... The, 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 the character is torn because of it. That, the reason that, that that moment works is because of all the work that's been done to build up both her backstory and her actions in the present and all that. So it's, it's I don't want to say it's not hard. Like I said, it's, <laughs> filmmaking is, is, its own, is its own beast. But focusing more on visual shorthand, on, on character-driven stories, very, very layered characters. Very, very, that's my problem with the Black Book. The, 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 the main character is the, at the center. The character at the center was very thinly sketched. So, very um, complex and layered characters, visual shorthand, I don't know, explain everything that's kind of leave clues for the audience to piece together themselves. I think that would do us a lot of good going forward. Thank you so much for having me. All right, thanks, Joe. Thanks for writing the article on what kept me up. Uh, which you can find is the first pinned tweet. All right, I'm just going to get some tweets uh, out that, that um, some people have posted. Uh, we start from pre-production, but bad planning one person story developer screenwriter producer director if it's possible you edit uh, no thanks to me. um and uh shagan says nollywood is stuck on the spectacular stories are written about spectacular effects equipment 
and popular characters that will sell the film. That is where the money goes towards. Um, reminds me of Mrs. C saying bombastic elements. Um, Daniel, actually, I, I pinned this, uh, I, I put this up because it's, I think it's a frank misunderstanding of what the issue is. Um, Daniel says, does Hollywood have a singular identity? Is Korean cinema identity, is Korean cinema identity not in several places? K-drama is vastly different to their pop films or their revenge thrillers. Even Bollywood has its quiet dramas and non-bombastic films. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, I, 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 essentially what I said to, uh, I think this is a problem of, you know, what's wrong with having more than one identity, right, is how it's been framed. I, I think that's not the correct framing. Um, I just said the problem isn't where whether we have a single identity. Who cares if all oh, your yeah, identity leads you to make a good film? Great. Um, Tarantino often does this, actually, from different um, types of uh, cinema. Uh, however, it, it is obvious when you're doing a bad imitation of someone's work, and, and that's where the that's where the underlying problem is. I think um, somebody said, I can't remember who said this, but um, in the Black Book, there's a part where almost all of his lines could be used as an example of this, but um, uh, the guy who played Damilola, um, uh, RMD's son, there's a point where he says um, Santa Claus, um, and it's, it, it just it just sounded so off. It sounded like you copied somebody's work and you did not change, you know, change some things. Um, but yeah, that's sort of. I mean, like amongst other other things, right? That's that's a simple, that's a very simple and um, this thing. And you know, some people say, oh, some people in in. I mean, like especially if you want to portray where they were living, the kind of background he had, it's just like the person you're talking to. You know, like even even if you um, you're very posh, you know, like you know, in your area, you say Santa Claus kind of thing. When you're talking to your father, right? Like you know his age and all of those things. There's a way. There's a way you change your what what you say, but um, anyway, that's the smallest issue. I'm just trying to use that as an example of what an identity problem looks like. However, in saying all of this, is there is there a um, is there a is there anything? Um, Joe talked about being sympathetic with the Nollywood filmmakers, and I want us to shift slightly to um, is there. Is there an issue? Is there a point where we are more sympathetic to the filmmakers? I think one of the things that Joe mentions is um, uh, in, in in his article is I think I can't remember how it's put. It, um, people need to eat. I think, um, and people need to eat on the on the surface. It sounds kind of who um, it sounds somehow, but on a human level, there are there are genuinely a lot of people who basically I did Nollywood almost are able to put out all this mediocre content as almost like a nine to five, right? And 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 it's keeping food on the tables of a lot of people this thing like so is that if if you don't if you don't uh, if you don't empathize with that um that distance is there is there anything else is there something else somebody can empathize with is there any other sort of issue or is there any area somebody can empathize with mrs c you want to uh yeah so first off i do agree with people need to eat um 
<laughs> I do agree that people need to eat. People need to eat. It just is what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, much earlier on in the comments, I think um, Mildred quoted with Nollywood being representative of Nigeria. And I think that is somewhere else where I do sympathize with the filmmakers. It's as much as I don't have, you know, I don't have a lot of insider knowledge or background knowledge. I, I wonder if, because it's it's also a problem in Hollywood, right? Studio notes, right? And I wonder if a lot of filmmakers suffer from notes that are not suggestions, but are more, I'm paying for this, do this, right? I'm paying for this, cast this person. I'm paying for this, take this story in this whole other direction. I'm paying for this, this story is too slow. Give me something louder, give me something bigger, give me more boom. And I'm wondering how much of this, um, how much of, of these things that we're losing, right? In terms of story, de story character development, character-based stories, how much of this are we losing to the people with the purse strings um, to, oh, this is not going to fly in Nigeria, to um, monopoly, right, distributor monopolies that, you know, are not letting some kind of films see the light of day or, you know, have visibility and then we are just stuck with what we have. So that Nigerianness in itself is... I, I, I I do sympathize because I, th there is no way you can exist within Nigeria and not be touched by Nigerianness in that. So that is one of the ways that I would sympathize with Nollywood filmmakers. Okay. Is there uh, anyone else with who, who has? Sorry. Uh, can I, I talk? Okay. Sorry. Wait. Wayne Rands uh, hasn't spoken in a while and he did unmute first. Okay, um, I was just going to say a couple of things. Um, okay, let me not settle. Let me just go on to what we were talking about. Um, I I would like to assume, going on from what Mrs. C is saying, that the people that make films, like these filmmakers that we see out there, are people like us. I think um, I'm a screenwriter. Um, I mean, kind of. And then a lot of people here have been saying stuff like, oh, I'm also a screenwriter. I'm also into film. And I think at some point, the rest of us are going to make films. And these guys that are making films now, mainstream films now, they probably were like us years back. I think there has to be something. Um, it seems as though Nollywood has a template, right? Um, three stars from Bibi Nigeria. Um, two um, Instagram influencers, um, one or two guys from old Nollywood. There's a template for movies that work. Um, and I, I feel like um, there has to be some constraints in the industry or in how Nigeria is run that make people have to do that. Um, one of the examples is I had not seen Aimofe for a long time. I saw Aimofe like, um, I think, last month. And I watched it and I, my head was like, how have I never seen this film? And if that film, I, I may mention some names here that will hurt some feelings, but if that film had Brother Shaggy, had Nancy Sime, had all of these guys, that would have been all over my timeline, that have been all over my Instagram, and I would have had to have known about that film somehow. So there has to be something in the, in the, the way the industry is structured, the way Nigeria is structured, that um, if we're also being honest with ourselves, 
makes people have to make bad films by because one of the reasons why i wrote why our films are bad is it, it seems as though right now we're just casting people that will sell the films we're not, we, nobody even really cares about um whether this is a good actor whether this person can play this role we're just casting people that we know okay this person is going to sell tickets i i made a list of the top 20 grossing nigerian films and i think maybe 18 of them are ensemble films they have they have like 15 um 16 big stars and we when we talk about films we always complain about the fact that these guys just throwing stars into the film they're just throwing random people into the film but it works right and so people have been probably trying to make films without putting all of these stars and it isn't working so i i, I would share the sentiment that mrs c is is, is sharing that there are things in the industry that we can't see we're not in the industry um i check people that are listening there are actors here there are filmmakers here um so th- these guys probably know this. There are things in the industry that that make people have to make these bad films. So, I, so yeah, I share that sentiment. All right, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, can I say something? Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, I I think there's a queue I'm trying to go with. Um, all right, uh, Shagun, do you want to go and then uh, Vanessa next? Okay, um, to add to what the last speaker said, I mean, he has hit the nail on the head. Um, Most of our films that seem to work are ensemble films. But now my own grouse is with the fact that the process in itself is where I have a problem with. Because we are talking about um, whether the films are good or whether they are bad. So, But as far as the tenets of what filmmaking is about, cinema, movies and cinema is an experience. So if I sit in the cinema and I'm watching, and, and this is how crazy it is, if you are watching people arguing in a room by yourself, somebody's on the left, somebody's on the right, you know what that feels like. There's a dog barking outside on the extreme right, outside the window. You are hearing that. You are probably hearing the generator from the X compound. But all that, you are experiencing all that, and that is the way it's supposed to be translated into film. But what we have, and that's why we always, I always complain about audio, what we have, especially in Hollywood, and somebody said this, I've been on tables where people, uh, people talk about, yeah, don't worry, we'll clean it in post and we do this, just, just basic, simple. What we have is when you sit in the cinema watching a Nigerian film, all the audio is in the center, in the front of your face. Whereas when you're when you are mixing stuff for film, you are throwing. If, if the conversation is happening on two ends of the room, there's a way you pan the voice this way, pan the voice that way. Even your ambient sound, depending on where the sound is coming from, there's a way you will edit and pan this audio so that the person sitting watching this film, who already knows what everything sounds like, if he was listening to a conversation in a normal room, is watching a film. But everything is just in the center. The music is in the center. Everything is just there. That now takes away the experience. So that is what I have a problem with. And it's as though it's a different case. If it's a different case if we don't know this, but we know it. But now, and that's which brings me to the problem. Now, I think we have. I don't want to say we have a directing problem. I think we have a direct. I won't call it so that it's not like I'm calling out directors or rubbishing directors' efforts. The directing team in themselves which aside the story writing and screenplay, the directing team is having an issue balancing what the 
like the last speaker said, what the template is about and what actual filmmaking is. Why will we go through the stress of doing, following the act, the proper process of filmmaking when what we are doing is selling? If we do this, 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 there's no point. Once we record the audio on set, as long as we can hide the cameras properly, um, hide the microphones properly, we record the audio. This person says we can clean the noise. Once they clean the noise, we have a film. And that is what I've heard in almost all, um, a lot of the major films. Uh, and this is what I, so it, it's a problem for me. And I'm, it's okay when they're on streaming services because most likely somebody's watching it on his laptop or watching it on the TV. I don't know, maybe a handful of people have 5.1 surround sound set up in their living room. So those people might notice the audio issue. But I think we are more of the, we spend more time and effort on the spectacular. So this story, okay, I need this, we need to blow up this. We need to do this. All that is already calculated before even looking at whether this story, we can do it in a way to avoid spending 10 million naira on this car crash, rather than just show a flashing light coming towards a person and give the sound of broken glass. And then in the next shot, you show somebody in a neck cast, ambulance carrying the person away. That you probably will spend 500k on that, but we need to spend 10 million naira and we need to show this car crash. And the, the thing struck me the most when I saw the reviews on Creator. I saw one of the behind the scenes of the movie Creator where um, Gareth was carrying a gimbal with the camera shooting the beach scene where the soldiers, like eight or nine guys, landed the beach in the water. There was no lighting, nothing. He used a camera that had high ISO, yes. But the thing struck me because it was just a crew of four people. And there were, there were no extras. So the people you see in the background were people that were on the beach at night, regular people. And that was shot that way. Just suppose that on a Nollywood set, because I've been on two or three Nollywood sets where at night, they want to shoot a night scene which did not, um, which did not take up to five, ten minutes of the film. Did not even feature up to five minutes. Then I'm seeing two rigs. I'm seeing two trucks that have 50 kVA generators. I'm seeing massive lights. I'm seeing dolly and track. I'm seeing a crane with the jib and everything. I'm seeing a whole crane set up and almost about 100 people on set to shoot that. And I'm like, you know, so that is where everything starts to cascade downward. So I think we need to be true to ourselves. We need to be truthful and say, look, we need to we need to write and and and, and then the, my final point is that has also affected our actors and the truth is our actors are not acting properly maybe because they're not being directed properly or because sorry 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 i yeah. do have to like uh, I, i'm uh, yes we we have we have we have, uh, we have labeled the the other ways in which naughty would can be bad i'm trying to see if there's a conversation worth having, whether there's a place where um, we can be more uh, charitable or where we can be more sympathetic and understanding. That's, that's exactly what I, what I yeah, that's about. where I'm getting to. That's where I'm getting to. I'm saying... Shagun, Shagun. Okay. How can you say that's where you're getting to? You spent the last two minutes talking about how uh, comparing yeah, Hollywood to this thing. Yeah, I know. I just give that... I started that as an example because you're saying we should be charitable when we can't hold, we need to hold somebody accountable to it. Because every time we criticize films, it is, it seems like we are rubbishing people's work. 
the guy who brought equipment, the guy who is lighting, the guy, and, and that's what it is. So I'm saying, who are we holding accountable for this if we're going to be charitable towards the filmmakers in, in itself? Okay. All unless right. I'm not, unless I'm not. Um, it, 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 so like, well, okay. All right. Anyway, the, the way that if you, so in this, but in this particular section, right? Like, so what we're saying is whether, um, is there any area where like, you know what, I guess here, because like, because of this, this is why um, I get it, why Nollywood movies are perceived this way. Um, uh, so like, we, we will start with what's, uh, where we're going, and then we can give our examples so that, you know, we can, we can, we can be with you from the beginning and dive into this thing. Anyway, but uh, understood. Uh, uh, Vanessa, do you want to? Yeah, um, hi. So, um, while I agree with a lot of the um, people have to eat, who has gone? Can someone? There's uh, laggy. Please, could you mute yourself? Okay. Yeah. Um, while I agree with a lot of the people who have to eat uh, sentiments, I would just like to say, I would like to be empathized with as well. <laughs> I I'm sorry. While I empathize, see, while I empathize with the with this situation that is Nigeria and how Nigeria happens to all of us, I would like to be empathized with as well. I think the audience would like to be empathized with as well. Empathize with me, sympathize for me. <laughs> all the things. Feel pity for me that I'm watching your films. This is my thing, right? I feel like a lot of current Nollywood filmmakers don't watch Nollywood. They don't watch Nigerian films, never have, never cared to. So they don't think about what we, we audience, where we, we, they watch them. Mind you, this isn't, and this is, I think this is the point of view that Shegun's coming from about like how it seems like we're constantly bashing Nollywood. And I think I've seen a number of comments somewhere being like, can we talk about what we like instead of what we don't like? But the truth is, I don't, I, I think I can speak for a vast majority of the people who are on film club every week. I, and I don't mean like general audience. I mean, people who come to film club, watch this, these films every single week and come and talk about these films. We are probably some of the most actively engaged audience that Nollywood has. And we're not just and we're not just watching the films that are on streaming. It, say for the people who the people who are in film club who still live in Nigeria, some people take their monies and go to the cinemas and watch these films. And so while we sympathize with people must eat. Sympathize with the fact that the people that are enabling you to eat also want to watch good films. Sympathize with me. I want you to eat, oh, which is why I'm paying money for streaming services and watching your films and paying money and going to the cinemas and watching your films and talking about your films on social media so that more people can watch your films. Whether or not I like it, <laughs> but have pity on me. Sympathize with me. Make films that make me want to watch more so that you can eat more. Do you get me? Because like, 
I'm sorry. I it, it gets to a point where it feels like it is a personal affront. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm centering myself and I'm making myself the main character, but it begins to feel like a personal affront when I'm constantly faced with a barrage of bad films, and 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 on and. and Contrary to what people might say, this isn't subjectively bad. It's objectively bad on many, on many grounds, from storytelling to, to all the things. Have sympathy for me. And I don't think the Nigerian filmmakers and audience actually have sympathy for the audience, for the people that are watching these films. I don't think... I think because people must eat, they just make films and maybe i'm ascribing to them intentions that are not theirs um and i apologize if that is the case but it genuinely just feels like i've heard people say a particular filmmaker who at this point has me blocked on twitter what's up um (laughs) (laughs) who has me blocked on twitter has said film doesn't change lives Film isn't that serious of a thing, and people are just doing it for doing six. And if that is one of the filmmakers who apparently wants to change the world and become Walt Disney, saying that film doesn't change lives and and film doesn't have the ability to to do all these magical things that film does, and all he's doing it for is for the money. How are you? How am I supposed to sympathize with you, my brother? I can't sympathize with you because if you cannot sympathize with me and have pity for me and actually care enough about the audience, and it's not just me, I'm not just saying me as a person, but like just as a general, I'm using me as the example for the audience. If you do not care enough, and I think that's what's missing. I mean, there's a lot of things missing, but I think there's an aspect of care. There's an aspect of care that's missing in how our stories are told. Care for the craft itself care for the audience a lot of care is missing so devil's advocate i'm not really sympathizing because nobody is sympathizing with me sympathize with me sympathize with your the audience then maybe i can reciprocate that sympathy eh please all right, all right. actually fair that's a that's a fair challenge to um the 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 question um does it feel I don't know like I, I I think there's a there's a balancing act with you know something can be bad and somebody put all their effort and try to deal the care there and they're just not they're just not fit to make all of this and it really is sometimes like that's why I mean like emotional emotions when especially when we're in film club um discussing whatever topic um because like sometimes we do get into it but like at the end of the day I don't I don't wish anybody um, I don't wish anybody ill. I, I I hope you make all of the money with all of your bad films. Make all of the names and all of the noise. Break box office, top the charts. I I, I generally good because like it's like you know, another person doing well. That is always good, especially in Nigeria and especially on a global stage. It's like, but like you know, when I'm talking about the films and like in terms of your films or your TV shows and what they have done um, structurally, where, whether there are issues. I think, you know, it, it, sometimes I can't help it. Uh, emotions we get like, because like sometimes it's like we're almost there and sometimes it's so simple. 
um, that they should have, it just feels like your attention was somewhere else. Um, and, and that's the thing, like, yeah. But like, yeah, all of these things uh, exist. Kings, Kings, I'm coming to Benjamin Kings. Is there, is there a part of the, is there a part where you empathize with uh, Nollywood filmmakers or is there something you have to say about that? I empathize with Nollywood uh, filmmakers. Uh, hello, um, okay, hi everyone. It's amazing being a part of the space. So something I just want to say is, yes, like, um, quite honestly, we can confirm that, yeah, Nigerian films could really, really use some work. But, I mean, like, when you really, we really think it through, we really are trying, like, we really, really are doing it our best. And what I feel, though, that might be the problem is um, process. And now what do I mean? So we, let's say we have a really, really good film script and the director has a very brilliant vision, okay? Uh, but along the way, you know, shooting a film and doing all of those things, I feel like, I, I really don't know. It's probably a creative block thing or something. Okay, But I think that it gets to a point where, okay, we have our, the vision we had, you know, for our film projects and everything. You know, it's been well executed and everything. But at some point, you know, you're looking back at the work and you are doubting whether it really is good enough. You know, you're starting to question, oh, should I put the scene first or should I? like you know insert more exposition here like did the audience really really get it and i'm saying this from experience because i recently worked on a, a script with a, uh, a friend of mine a, a short film and you know we had the brilliant idea set up and everything and he, the movie was shot and everything and at some point he reached out to me like four months after you know while the movie was still in um post-production and he was asking okay so what do i think about you know inserting this heavy exposition at the beginning you know having like a description scrolling down uh, at the screen for just to give audience members insight into what the film really is about and everything. And I just like, guys, see, this, things like this need, the audience members are going to get it. We don't have to spoon feed our audiences everything. Now, why did I digress? Because I, I feel like I'm a creative myself and I hope to be a filmmaker someday. And I just feel like there is a pressure, you know, that comes when you're working on a film project. I, I think it's a sort of distortion because you're so close to the project. You've worked on it for so long. So you have a hard time, you know, being objective or you, you kind of, ex I don't know how to put it. It just kind of skews the way you view the film because you're so close to it. You cannot, you cannot digest it as an audience member. And that's why I feel like we need to, in, you know, put processes in place. Nigerian filmmakers are really doing good. Um, I saw, I recently saw the Black Book, and I think it's a brilliant picture. Yes, some parts didn't quite hit home. There were like some themes that were hinted at at the beginning, but they weren't entirely covered in everything you get. But still, I think it's a bit, it's, it's just a testament to what Nigerian filmmakers can really do. So, yeah, that's my take on it, really. I think Nigerians are really doing good films. Uh, we could, we have so much to work on, yes, but we're really getting there. We just need more process, you know, to put in place so as to ensure that, um, yeah, like it's the director's vision, you know, doesn't get skewed. And yeah, that's my take on it, pretty much. Thanks, guys. All right. No, thank you. Uh, good to get another creative's take. Okay. Um, uh, Ichana, was there something you wanted to say? Yeah, so I want to say that I am very, very sympathetic to the filmmakers because, you know, one of the problems that has persisted in the Nigerian movie industry in Hollywood forever is um, how to make money from it. And that's, that's one of the big problems. You see, Nigeria is one of the most populous countries, is the most populous country in, in Africa. And um, 
it is also very culturally influential beyond Africa. So not only do we have tons of Nigerians watching these movies, you have people in other African countries. I mean, if you look at if you look at the the movies on YouTube, for example, you see like the movies of uh, Ruth Kadri. Look at the views that those things got that those things get. I mean, she gets like five million views in two weeks. And then you look at these movies in the cinemas that are making like um, 50 million naira in two months, which means that in two months, I think 10,000 people saw it. And millions of people are watching these things on YouTube, and yet you can't make money from it. So it, it really makes it hard to invest. Um, it, it makes it hard to invest enough money in these movies when you're not sure how you're going to make a profit from it. And that affects the writing. As much as I say that the writing is problematic right from the beginning in terms of um, structure and the like, there, there are also things that happen in production that people don't, don't really think about. Like, you know, you watch a movie sometimes and you see certain directions that the plot takes that, that don't make a lot of sense to you and you start cursing the writers. But it's not always the writer. You know, sometimes it made sense on the page, but there's a difference from when it gets to the page to it gets to the stage. Sometimes you write things a certain way, but when it's time for production, you can't get the location you wanted. You can't get the props you wanted. You don't have the time to shoot the way you wanted. And on the spot, you just have to make up some other alternate situation, some other alternate plot situation and throw it in there just to get the film made. And then that, that, that's why things come, come out looking the way they do. And, you know, I mean, money is always a consideration because um, this industry is a commercial industry. It's very different from the film scenes in the Francophone countries where they came up as an art scene and they came up talking about all the Kurosawa movies they watched and all the, the Rainier, Werner, Fassbinder and the Orson Welles that they watched. Nigerian movies was never like that. I mean, one of the... There's this creation myth about... Sorry, uh, can I ask you a question? Because like, um, this, this actually... This is something, whilst I, I do sympathize with it, mm-hmm. but... Is there any different from any other Nigerian like worker like in any other industry? And not to say like um, a lot of our industries don't have issues, but um, a lot of Nigeria is happening to everyone in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. And that's, is, that's a point. That's a point is there I a special plea for Nigerian filmmakers though, in terms of um, you know like? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna bring it back to that. I'm gonna bring it back. To that. Yeah, but what, what I want to say is that, you know, when it comes to uh, living in bondage, for example, um, one of the creation myths around living in bondage, it might be apocryphal, I'm not sure, is that when the guy who produced living in bondage made that movie, he didn't make that movie because he wanted to um, make a movie, that he was driven by some great artistic impulse to express himself cinematically. He was an electronic salesman who had a bunch of videotapes he wanted to sell. And he thought he could sell the, the tapes faster if he put a movie on them. So his product was actually the videotape. It wasn't the movie itself. And that's why even when you look at the golden age of Nollywood, as we call it now, you see that the movies were all produced by Andy O Electronics and whatnot. These guys just cared about selling the, DV, the, the, the VCD. They didn't care about what was on the movie per se. And they understood that when Mercy Johnson and uh, Jim Ike and uh, Genevieve's face was on the cover of the movie, it sold faster. So that was their major concern. And that's why, you know, when we talk about how we just throw stars into things, it's just that same mentality that's continuing from then. 
Now, what you said about Nigeria happening, I think the problem is not that... Um, you see, there's this, there's this syndrome that I've always called the now management we did so syndrome. And that is, as Nigerians, we're always taught to manage things. We're always taught that, you know, rather than solving problems, we have to find ways to manage them. Now, just last week, we celebrated 63 years of independence. And when you think about it, it's kind of crazy that a country that has been independent for 63 years cannot produce, cannot provide 24 hours of steady electricity to its people. And if this had happened in any other country in the West, let's say, if, if people had to go for four days without electricity, there would be riots in the street. People would overthrow the government and they would fix that electricity. But in Nigeria, we're taught that, you know, you're not supposed to fix a problem. You're just supposed to find a way to manage it. You, you buy, you buy, um, you buy a, a, a generator. You find a way to deal with the problem rather than fixing it. And that's the mentality that's always been in Nigeria, in, in Nollywood. In Nollywood, it's always been this idea of uh, just leave it like that. It's not as if people don't know the problems, but they'll be like, just leave it. The audience will just manage. They, they have to manage it, you know. And the problem is that we accept it. I think if it gets to the point where people start rejecting it and saying we're not going to manage it, you're going to have to force people to, 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 to make these changes. But the thing is, that goes against our essential nature as Nigerians. And then the other problem is, like many people have already said, this idea, this, this um, obsession with doing spectacular things. Like everybody thinks if you, it's the camera that's going to make your movie better. Everybody wants to shoot with the Ari Alexa. You know, everybody wants to take the cast and shoot in Dubai and Beirut and London while ignoring the most basic problems. And that, again, is just our Nigerian thing, you know? Like you always hear these stories about how Nigeria wants to get nuclear weapons and Nigeria wants to launch a satellite. And you say, wait a minute, why are we doing these things when we don't even have electricity? And it's just the same thing in Nollywood. You know, people ignore the basic things because they feel the audience has learned to manage these things. And they ignore those basic things and instead just try to go for the bigger goals. And um, I, I don't know what the answer to that is because I think it's just an essential part of the Nigerian psychology to look at things in that way. All right. Um... Uh, right. I, I, I just want to pick up on what he said. Um, indeed, you talked about like the Francophone countries, the West African Francophone countries. Indeed, they made their movies for hard. I just want to point out something there. See, Nigeria's Nollywood is a very good example of something that Nollywood was created completely by Nigeria, and we don't have to wait for um, French people to give us money to make our movies and we make our own all in entire industry we have our own stars we're basically like kind of like Hollywood, Hollywood is older and Bollywood too you don't see Hollywood movies don't make that much they make money in India but they don't make that much money in India because Indians are not concerned that much with, with Bollywood people they're more concerned with um, their own Indian films and their own something so they don't need um the praise of like Hollywood to say whether their movies are okay or not. And that's the same thing about Nollywood too. Yes, those um, Francophone countries made art movies, but we're forgetting one very good thing. They, they literally, how many people has watched Black Girl? How many people? How many, even if we're talking about the African diaspora, 
the African diaspora don't know that the movie Black Girl exists. But they know Beyonce and Rihanna. We, like, that's the one thing about, like, Nollywood. Nollywood me. Yes, it's right that those movies are hard, those movies, but those movies, the funding of those movies very much require an understanding from the French, <laughs> the white something, to definitely give them movies, to be making those hardful movies for who? Most, most, most of the Francophone countries people with you have probably also not seen it. And they've watched, they mostly watch Nollywood movies. So, yes, it's made of heart. It's just a little tiny pushback. You're right. A little tiny something to just say. There are pros and cons to each one of those things. And let's also not lie. One of the reasons why that is happening in, in the French Francophone countries is that the Francophone countries are not really, like, when the independence happened, it didn't really happen. France still control the money. France still control a lot of things. And one good thing about the British is that they mostly left. They mostly left. So, with that said, yes, they, they have very artistic movies. But it's just also that few people have ever seen it and their funding source to, for them to even be able to make movies and only tell their own story, they have to go to, they have to go to France to ask for money. Nigeria doesn't have to do that. We make our own movies. In fact, we are, um, the Nollywood, Nollywood is the third, which in, in terms of money, of movies, of, 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 of a film industry that make money, we're third. So just a little thing of like, it's not all bad. There are good things there. And it means that we're more in control of it. But also, to be able to make those good technical movies, I think I already said that, we need electricity. One of the things that is really affecting the industries and all industries around in Nigeria is that Nigeria is not that of an industrial nation. You can compare it to India. India, India has some of the same issues. They are like most Bollywood films, the sound that you're hearing is mostly ADR. It's mostly ADR. They're just like Nigeria. It's very noisy. They don't necessarily have electricity all the time. But India and Nigeria are two different places. India is more industrious. It has more industries. It has more electricity, especially in the cities where Bollywood is made. And all those places, Bollywood is only for like Hindi something, Hindi language something. And all other parts of the Indian something, they are, they ha the Indian government actually actually has invested in, in, in industrial areas in India. And that thing helps the Indian uh, industries because to make those type of movies requires a lot of technology and a lot of technology requires a lot of electricity. It's not, and Nigeria might not have the power to do that right now. So that's a structural problem that no matter how long we're talking, if, if our government, if things in wider political something does not fix that structural problem. Um, we're not going to have a movie like Blonde, the technical maintenance of the Blonde, or even Korean industries. Like the reason why you see that change within 10 years, Korea, Korea's government really, really, really invested in its cultural um, exports. Like it's a literal investment, like it's literal political investment. So that's also that's also a big structural issue that I want to point out that also affects Nollywood. All right, okay. Um, so I think we, we've spoken 
I think we've spoken a lot about what um, our issues with Nollywood is. We've actually even debated if Nollywood movies are bad-ish. Um, I think there's a general consensus on that. Uh, we've tried to empathize um, with the filmmakers where it is. Is there, are there any um, things that you think, I'm not asking anybody to provide a solution of how to fix Nollywood, but are there any easier things you think Nollywood could obviously do better? Just Is there just, all right, if we did this, I think <clears throat> we would fix X issues. Uh, 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 I all right. think it's. Uh, yeah, sure, go on. Yeah, hi, hi everyone. It's good to be here again. Um, interesting, interesting subject. Very, very timely subject of discourse. Um, I think the the um, the challenges are very much broad based. I mean, we've discussed a lot of them, but I'm just going to go back to go forward a little bit, a little bit. Um, Norimitsu Onishi is a Japanese was a, well, a Japanese um, editor in the New York Times who actually named Nollywood. 2002, he's here observing some filmmaking practices and from nothing, nothing would. That was pretty much how he coined it. Nothing, it came, Nollywood comes from nothing and nothing would. And the name Nollywood is birth. And it's likened to a heart surgeon conducting surgery with fork and knives and somehow the patient survives. That is a metaphor. That is a, a, you know, an example of exactly what this industry is. Now, the way I see it is interlopers who operate a cheese factory where they put in milk on one end and get that cheese at the other end. Whatever happens in the middle, they don't, they don't care. You know? Now, a lot of people, we've talked about... Um, empathy for people who are doing this as a means to an end because i tell you what when you do something that is a means to an end it com- there's an absolute lack of care for the process because you're only interested in the results then it becomes an economic practice now i think the greatest challenges um because i mean forums like this if you, if you look at this 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 entire game there are people who let me liken it to music there's some people who see this as a means to become something larger than life, bigger. I want to, what's that word? I want to blow. So whatever is going to get me from A to B is music. Let me jump into music. Same thing happens in this industry. Some people who see it as, okay, I have a name to make. I want to do something big. Let me get into film, that kind of thing. Then you have people on the other hand who are really, really after the craft. They go out of their way to learn it, to understand it. They're outliers. You know, they, they want to be in, global conversations about cinema, cinema language, and how they can create new movements, few and far between. Now, I think that there is a dearth of education around what this platform is really about. And the truth about it is that once you, here's the thing, you you cannot, once you don't have an idea of what it is that you're doing, because if you look at our films, you see there's a lot of technical deficiencies. And I don't mean cameras and, you know, um, camera setups and lights and sound. I'm talking about the most vital ingredient of the film. The story, the story, the story. When you lack the technical ability to craft a well-written, well-rounded script, there is no director who can save that script. And it doesn't really matter if you're shooting with 10 Alexas or 10 Reds or you're using 8K, whatever it is. You're doing your post in, in, on the moon. It doesn't matter. When you don't get the technicalities right, and there 
there needs to be some level. So education is a big thing. And it, it necessarily doesn't have to be going to the most expensive film schools or going, there is the University of YouTube. Leading basic things. I mean, I like, like Shagun talks about, I mean, we have these conversations every day. There is literally nothing that you want to learn about that is not at your fingertips. But I don't understand why people do not go out of the way to educate themselves about film language. What exactly it is that you're doing? Why is it that you, you, you do the first, first, the first act, the second act, then when you get to the third act, when everything's all come, then it all falls flat. Technical deficiencies that can only be corrected by education. And at the end of the day, um, it cuts across. It cuts across. And this is not just around one thing. I feel that, you know, our industry is filled up with a lot of filmmakers and very few artists. And that is why the films that start to make sense, that start to draw the attention, we start to talk about and see in that light. We've said about films like Le Fair, we've seen films like Mami Water. When artists begin to do work, there is a marked difference as opposed to people who are only here for... And, and, and the thing is, there must be a fine balance because at the end of the day, this is something that is a means to an end. So people must survive at the end of the day. But then again, it's really about your output because at the end of the day, you know, um, I know that people think that they have an audience quota, but then at the end of the day, people need to see their films as products. Nobody goes to the market, to the supermarket, to the market to buy a bad product. If you order something on Jumia and it's bad and it has a defect, you return it. So anytime I engage, because I'm in the industry, I have produced films, I've accepted to produce, so I, I understand the challenges. But I tell producers that, look, you need to see your film as a product. And there's product engineering. And there's, there's a way to see a product from, its, from, its, from when it is conceived to when it's actually produced. When you have that mindset, everything has to be excellent. From when it is crafted, you know, from when you, you are doing your pre-production to your post-production and, and all, production all the way to your post. There has to be an understanding of the fact that everything you do must come together to make one cohesive. Because one, once one part is bad, it affects the entire thing. So I think for me, a lot of filmmakers need to immerse themselves in learning and understanding what it is that they're doing. Um, I'm going to end like this. I was, I was reading an article around um, the anniversary of The Exorcist. And, you know, I was listening to what Vanessa was saying about the filmmaker talking about the fact that it doesn't change anything. When The Exorcist came out in 1978 or so, people were collapsing in movie theaters. It completely changed an entire generation of how people perceive horror films. And it, it influenced a generation of, of horror filmmakers. That is how powerful film can be. That is how powerful this medium can be. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that a lot of education is important from the standpoint of understanding the fact that it's a language. It's, 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 it's an art form. You cannot fully... You know, and whatever whatever it is that you want to do, you know, that kind of... I think if people can move from shooting with 8-bit cameras to shooting with 10-bit cameras and they do really bad stuff, they can, they can also learn the art of trying to fine-tune and to better the craft of storytelling. So education, education, education. It changes the paradigm. There's a paradigm shift that happens when you truly understand what it is that you are doing. It completely changes the landscape. Thank you. All right, thanks, Urban. Uh, uh, we're going to hear from... King's daughter um, and uh, King's daughter. Uh, we're in okay. our our solutions <laughs> solutions, solutions issue or anything you think. Well, not not necessarily. Again, I'm saying I'm not asking anybody to solve Nollywood issues. It's just like, do you think there's a thing 
a particular thing Nollywood can do to like that would immediately make things better? I'm not sure I know what they can do, right? We've all identified story as a problem, but one thing I think they need to start to do, and especially mentality problem, is respect the audience, like respect the people that they create this film from. We've come on Twitter and seen filmmakers make very careless statements, and it just it, it adds up that they make those kind of films when they make statements like that, right? There just needs to be some sort of respect for the audience because if I am going to pay money, because sorry to juggles, but we talked about um, they need to make money and do we um, empathize with them? I want to empathize with them, but they're not the ones paying ticket fees, which are consistently on the rise, by the way, um, for us paying subscription fees. We are going to invest all of that. It's only right that we get value for it. So if they're going to do better, then they need to just some sort of respect for what the audience wants and what they produce. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks, King's daughter. All right. Uh, I think Vanessa, you you had your hand up first. Uh, sure. Um, my, I guess I'm gonna. I'm not. I can't speak on all the multitude of issues, <laughs> but I guess my my one issue, and I think it's. It's of recent, and it is the. It's become more apparent, more, and I'm going to offer a solution because we're in the solution section. But it's the Hollywoodification of Nollywood. And <clears throat> let me not choke. And the reason why it's such a big problem is that Nollywood filmmakers are refusing to acknowledge that it is a problem. They are outrightly lying to our faces that they are not borrowing tropes from Hollywood, that they are not making poor imitations of already well-done Hollywood films and tropes. And that in itself is offensive. And it is only doing the, 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 the industry a disservice because the audience deserves to feel represented on screen and 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 it's not not just in the kind of people that we see on screen but more so in the kind of stories that are told and i've heard some of the most ridiculous excuses about what is a nigerian story what is a nigerian story a nigerian story is a story i'm sorry i'm not going to go into what a nigerian story is however the the baseline of what a nigerian story is is that the audience that is Nigerian <laughs> actually feels like this is this is a story that is them. You know, case in point, Santa Claus um, in the Black Book. I feel like we haven't given the Black Book its lashings enough um, <laughs> because this is a film with such a large budget and uh, in what resulted in the most egregious... Um, <laughs> mishmash of many Hollywood tropes. And then the filmmakers had the effrontery to come and tell us, no, we were inspired by Nigerian stories. Sir, sir, we have eyes and we can see when stories do not feel Nigerian, when characters do not feel Nigerian, 
when characters do not feel like people that we know, people that we know every day, people that we speak to every day, people that we see every day, people that we grew up with. Case in point, some, somebody referring to something as, oh, who is, who is Jesus Christ, Santa Claus? Sir, you couldn't, you couldn't even say Father Christmas. You couldn't say the little baby that uh, uh, Mary, only Mary carries in her arms. Like these are, these are more, these are word pictures that feel more Nigerian than Santa Claus does. Do you get what I mean? Um, it's, it's in the insistence on certain things like, um, oh, a, a car chase or a, or a shootout at the top of a bridge. <laughs> these things don't feel Nigerian. And even when you're borrowing things from an entirely different industry, because everyone is allowed to make a mishmash posh of whatever they want to make, you have to still leave in those threads that make the stories feel grounded in the Nigerian reality. And 90% of the time, the Nigerian reality is an afterthought for our filmmakers. But then again, it begs to, to, to ask the question, are, are Nigerian filmmakers making films for Nigerians? Because there's a lot of focus right now on exportation. And while that is in many ways a good thing, uh, more eyes on, on our work, it feels like they are sacrificing pleasing the audience that has been with you from 19 Boboro for the sake of exportation. So are you trying to serve an audience that already has an established um, um, industry and established film language by regurgitating poor imitations of stuff that they've already seen? So who, who exactly are these films for? I feel like that's the question that Nigerian filmmakers have to ask if that's going to solve anything is ask who are you making these films for and what do you want these people that you're making these films for what do you want them to feel do you want them to feel like they're being seen and they're being portrayed on screen and that they can relate to the stories and the characters that are being put on the big screen or do you want them to feel alienated by the stories that you tell Question. Um, it's just what it's just wild. Black Americans will be begging for representation in Hollywood. Nigerians, man, will be begging. We'll be begging for, for representation in Hollywood. See us. See us. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so, uh, please. Uh, I know you had your hand up. So, so, I believe. Um, so, so, is that you, is that you know you said the name? I don't know. Joshua Soso. All right. Okay. Um, uh, Elizabeth, do you want to... You have your hand up, Elizabeth. Um, yes. Um, yes, I'm here, actually. <laughs> Running some errands. All right. So what I'm going to say for solution, personally, I think Vanessa has said a lot of things that I wanted to say about, you know, having the Nigerian identity. Um, and everybody has talked about Yimofe, like, talk, looking at Yimofe, Yimofe is a Nigerian reality that probably borrowed visual language from the Asian cinema, right? But you're not confused as to what you're watching, right? And it's only those who are familiar with visual languages 
that can pick out this, you know, oh, I can see this, I've seen this before somewhere, right? And then look at King of Boys. I really like King of Boys because it's a Godfather-esque take on the Nigerian reality. Again, you're not confused, you're not lost. Of course, you know, we might disagree on the acting or the yelling or whatever, whatnot, but that's a very tight story. You're not confused, you know, internal, internal conflict is there, character development is there, even the moral angle, right? Like even Eniola Salami, as much as we love this, our villain, she, she had a come up hands. She lost her two children. She even thought she was going to lose her life and she was ready for that. So, and by the time we saw that she escaped, we were happy for her. And it was not just that she escaped on a whim. It was because there is this other policeman who has been following the thing and found out that the Nigerian whatever to is corrupt, whatever. The point is, these are the things that the audience wants to see, right? We are happy that Enola Salami left, but at the same time, the film is, is making moral justifications in a way that a bunch of the films we've been seeing recently have not done so. Like a lot of resolutions are not earned. Talk about brotherhood. I will never agree with the resolution. It was not earned. And again, this is steeped in story writing. So solution for me is, as Vanessa said, rather than borrow from borrow troops, having a mishmash potpourri of troops, how about try to see logically from point A to point B, how you can develop something and still steep it in the Nigerian reality in such a way where your audience is satisfied at the end of the day. It, it's not enough to say, but people are watching it. Of course, people are watching it. You have a C plus, doesn't mean it's an A plus. Of course, you get applauded either ways. But the point is, if you can't get better, why are you not trying your hands at getting better? That's one. Two, I think also for the younger filmmakers, I'm not saying that older filmmakers are hopeless. I hope not. But for younger filmmakers, I think also that it will help if a lot of them read, and I mean it's literature, because you, in literature, you can transpose themes. There are themes that you can use over and over again. I'll mention Bjorn Stevens' Braided Life. I like it a lot because it's used a trope, often in literature, that is often used in literature. Some films also use it. That is in which she used coma. In the coma, our protagonist had his entire character development within a coma because it is understandable that the character development would like to see happened over the years, but she doesn't have that time in reality to put it into film. So have it happen in a, in, in a coma, which is a dream world, which happens in a lot of direct bunch of films and literature that uses this trope. Again, you can borrow tropes in such a way where by the time you're transposing into the Nigerian reality, it's steeped into it, it is merged in such a it's merged in such a fluid way that you're not it's not jarring and you're not taken out of the story and pushed back in because it looks like a mismatch. Another mismatch I'll talk about from a young filmmaker. I'm, again, I'm sorry that I'm mentioning people's name, but I feel like we need to make examples so that we can see. Um, I really want to like the film Hey You, but Hey You is something in which I like the visuals, but the story falls apart so much that it feels like it also had a potpourri of boring tropes up and down. So, and this is also because before making films, we're looking at people trying to impress the audience, which again, I think is very particular to that sector, should I call it sector of filmmaking, you know, me, Akimolayo kind of filmmaking, that is for my own 
understanding and inference, I think that you're making film in such a way that you want to give the audience spectacle and you forget that story is king. People like to argue that story is not king. Story is not king. Of course, story is king. Of that, that, I mean, look at Marvel now. There's some form of, you know, um, like elasticity thing going on. Everybody has gotten to their limits of all the things that they can show us. Everybody wants new stories. We are bored. We're tired. When you mention how there's nothing big deal in Barbie, the meta comedy, she's probably right. But you know what makes it fantastic? It's the visual world. And that's the thing about filmmaking. If you think your stories, you take it, you know, you turn a story as simple as that, you make it into something that is, an, that is a visual experience, people will buy it. That's the point. That's the entire thing. That's the entire, that's the way you elevate cinema, right? And this is what separates cinema from theater, where you can explain every day. You know, in theater, you ex you're expected to explain things. But in film, you can just use the visual language. So I think that more young um, filmmakers should read a lot, read other troops. Like, it's not every time you have to borrow a troop. <laughs> what was that troop in Blood Sisters? Running through the kitchen. That is such an, that is such an American troop. Like, I see it. I know already that it's an American troop. Again, as Vanessa mentioned, this is something you're exporting to an audience that's seen it before. If, you're, if an audience is interested in your stories because they've not seen it the way you have chosen to, to do it. Look at Old Boy. There are lots of revenge films, right? But this is how they have chosen to, to replicate this story. A bunch of themes. Themes are, can be used over and over and over again. You can talk about boy meets girl. It's the way you decide to show boy meets girl that makes it different. And... And that is how you can, your, you know, your audience can, you can even have more audience. Let me use that word. It's not that, oh, I already have my audience. I'm good. I'm Gucci. Fine. Fantastic. How, what is wrong with expanding your audience? Don't you want to expand the people that want to watch you? That is what you should be looking at. And I don't have a problem with, you know, you want to make film for money. It's fine. I'm sure I'm doing my job because I like money. That's it. You know, but at the same time, I want to excel at it because excellence means that I'll get a promotion, I'll get better pay, I can move around, you know. But So I'm not just saying, okay, money is the reason I'm here. It's also, I need to get better so that I can get better opportunities. So I think this is the way we can, we can keep pushing the industry. Story, content is king and story is king, no matter what anybody tells us. It's fine if you're just building your film language and you've not really, you know, learned it. It's fine. You have years and years to improve. And so you can have your own identity. It's like people saying, you know, you, you know, Tunde Kelani's identity. At this point, you know, Jadis identity. When you see Jadis film, you know that she's going for the spectacle. You get, and you can talk about other people's identity. Like, Tadio Gidon, I feel like Tadio Gidon's identity is a death and a, and a police chase. In almost all his films, you have to see there. Again, you can, you can coin, define what you want to show as who you are as a filmmaker. And lastly, there has to be synergy between writing and directing. There has to be some form of synergy. I know with people say it a lot like, oh, this is not what I wrote that I saw on the screen. Fine and fantastic. I, I probably also believe you. But at the same time, before we put all of this on the director, I would to you look at your script the more, the more. And I feel like there is nothing wrong in asking people in literature to help you review your, your, your script. You may not agree, but I'm telling you, there is nothing wrong. 
Let them help you look at your scripts. The people in literature, they understand more tropes. There are more themes and tropes that are, that are in the literature world that, you know, it's just a bit of it that is in film. Help them, let them help you structure properly. And then when you know you have done your work, then we cannot hang the rest on the director's neck. And for our directors, you cannot continue to direct in prose. This is not a book. It's not a stage play. You have to understand film language. Thank you. All right. Thanks, uh, Elizabeth. All right. We're going to start rounding up in a bit, but uh, I know some people have had their hands up, so we just take uh, Kings and Wayne's rounds. But... All right. Hi, everyone. So, Hi. interesting take from Obina, uh, Vanessa, and Elizabeth. Uh, so, so, picking back from what uh, Elizabeth just said about, you know, introducing our scripts to literature people i don't recommend it i mean yeah that's your opinion and i'm sure you stand by it but we need to understand that first the film medium is different it's not like reading writing a novel it's a different medium it's so the things you would expect i don't know i feel like you want a really good film script okay then you should talk to people who write really good film scripts that's the end of it. Now, on what Nigerian directors can do or what Nigerian filmmakers can do, I feel like, um, first, we need to really learn to identify a really good story. Like, we need to know how to identify a story that is really good or at least create one and also to be learn how to properly translate um, the story that is the script into a visual medium because there is tons of ideas brilliant ideas that we have but that you know that gap where the script meets you know the camera is one part of filmmaking that is a bit elusive why because i don't know it's not something i can really explain but we need to work on that now on the hollywoodification of nollywood um which um vanessa talked about earlier well I, I mean i really get vanessa's point i really do but at the same time i mean when we really think about it you know art like really good art doesn't it's not it doesn't just draw from one experience like it draws from multiple sources so the the bit about the uh the black book seeming like a ripoff of uh john week i mean yes it looks like whip off of John Wick but it still is a good film because it takes a nuanced a nuanced approach you know on a subject on the subject of police brutality and you know the weird unseen powers that be that you know kind of kind of affect the world around us so so that's what I really wanted to say and also um I feel like you know we should stop I understand our concerns about you know Nigerian filmmakers trying to make films that look like you know uh Hollywood films, but at the same time, let's not forget that the film medium really is not a Nigerian invention. You get it's a foreign invention, so we're trying to adapt to it, and we're trying to like remake the terrain so that it tells more of our stories. And in doing that, you know, there are not like science, science or anything, but there are rules to visual storytelling. You know, there are techniques. You know, there are specific shots. You know, specific ways you go about telling stories that makes the story more understandable. So the bit about um someone, kids running through a kitchen earlier, well, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, you know, you know, there is so much, I think as Nigerians, there is just so much. <laughs> I see Elizabeth is giving me a thumbs down. I mean, that's your take and I respect that. Okay, but I feel like there is so much, you know, as Nigerians, there is just so much um cliches, let me put it that way, that our Nigerian filmmakers have to tiptoe through and 
the funny thing is other like people outside you know international people who've seen our films they might actually enjoy it but our concern might just be a bit about you know cultural authenticity which makes sense you know but at the same time like can't we just cut our filmmakers a slack like yes the some of their films suck okay but we really really are doing our best and we are really doing our best i mean thumbs down i mean i respect your opinion once again but like that's what i think and this is not to say that we shouldn't take mediocre work or anything but i feel that we really are doing our best so the only way we can really improve is to encourage our filmmakers and to you know at the same time like uh Obin i mentioned earlier we need learned script writers we need people who understand visual languages and how to like properly translate it into the screen that's my take on it regardless of what you guys say so thanks yeah thanks uh kings i uh, i appreciate appreciate your pov uh i'm sure um a couple of people want to jump by you um but yes um i think like for for both elizabeth and um vanessa's take on the king books more detailed text, i think you can listen to to the version of um uh, to the nollywood film club either both the good and the bad section if you want um Vanessa usually usually at the front. I can't remember whether just there, but um, yes, the the Hollywoodification of Nolly of Nollywood is um, isn't. I'll say it again because Daniel said it. It's not. It's not like drawing ident. It's not um matter of um you know having inspiration from different places or from Hollywood. It's about um. It's about misapplying it to the Nigerian Nigerian context. Um, yes, um, there there are some things that works in Hollywood when you say them in Nigeria, just doesn't make sense. It it sticks out like a sore thumb. That's what people mean by um, the Hollywoodification of Nollywood. Saying that, oh, I'm going to expo- expose this leader with this thing is with these documents. Um, uh, a politician that is Hollywood. That is not Nollywood. And like, again, if the, I don't, again, I don't want to do, I don't want to do a black book. Um, this thing you can go check, listen to that. But like, that's what we mean. We mean that there's some things that make sense in Hollywood, but when you do them in Nollywood, they don't make sense because of the context. All right, okay. But uh, no, I'd still appreciate uh, your contribution, Kings. Uh, thanks. Uh, and uh, Wayne Rance, um uh, Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. So I would just say a couple of things. Since we're like in the solutions section, um, I think one of the solutions I put out is that we should learn how to tell a story well. Um, a lot of the things about the rules that are in how to tell stories are in film. There are no rules that came from people. There are rules that are embedded in what a good story is. They were just rules that were documented. So a good story has a three-act structure, not because the three-act structure was defined by some random guy somewhere in the US or wherever. It's because every story, and this is not just for film. Generally, I'm a poet. Um, and this is not just in poetry. It's in songs. It's in it's in. Um, every form of storytelling has to have a beginning, a middle, and an ending. That is the three three act structure. I mean, we can go more into like um, technicalities of what the three act structure is and the timing. And oh, um, you have to set the scene for this in this 
act you are introducing us the character and all of those those things don't really matter the point is every story has to have a beginning a middle and an ending and we need to learn how to tell a story that's one thing i think that we need to do the other thing is so i was checking online um for elements of a good film because i think we had spoken about what is a good film and there are so many things that you can check of and like that they have but I, I, I picked out four things. Um, it was narrative, cinematography, sound, and editing. And I think if a, a film has these four things done well, it's a good film, right? And so these are the things that we need to do. We need to, let, like, narrative tell a very good story. Um, cinematography, I don't think I have seen a Nigerian film, um, and I watch a lot of Nigerian films, and I know this... Um, the, everybody here, like we, are, we, we really watch Nigerian films. I there was a time when Iroko TV wasn't allowing me pay monthly subscription, so I had to be paying yearly subscription for Iroko TV. Um, God will never allow me to go back to that era. But so I pay for Prime, I pay for Netflix, I pay for so many because I'm not in Nigeria, and these are the only places I can scamper around and like get um Nollywood content. So I also understand what um Vanessa was saying, where they also have to have some kind of sympathy for us, the people that go out of their way to. My my friend group is a large group. I'm like the only one that actively watches um Nollywood, and they're always telling me you don't have sense. Like Nollywood films are bad, and I'm the one that always stands up for you know Nollywood in that group. So it's like I'm a big fan. Anyways, that's so I was like cinematography. I don't think I've seen I've seen a lot of Nollywood films, but I've not seen anyone that the cinematography really sticks out. That's where I see the camera movements and um how they frame the shots. And it really, really impresses me. I don't think they are really intentional with their cinematography. I see them use some weird shots and some weird angles, but they're not really intentional about that. So we need to fix that sound. Um, yeah, I think that way everybody knows our sound is dusting. So we need to fix that. And then editing. I think one of the big issues, and I'll just end with this, and one of the big issues we have is our editing. Many times we complain about pacing, but pacing isn't... I'm Pacing can be shown on the pages of the screenplay, Pacing is is really down to the director and the editor. Um, if the editor um gives you these jump cuts and all of this thing, it will feel so wrongly paced. So they could have done the actors could have sometimes I watch films and I see some really good actors and they look so bad, especially like action scenes. And I understand the reason why these things look so bad is probably blocking. The, the person that shot this thing shot it from the wrong angles. You have to shoot it in the right angle so the actor looks like they're acting it well. Because sometimes you see these actors and it looks like they're acting, but they don't look like they're acting because they're acting. I hope I'm not speaking nonsense English. They look like they're acting because of how it was shot. So um, my last words would be um, um, for the Holy, um, Hollywoodification is we should just find the things that we do well and we should keep doing it. So I think um, there was a time it seemed as though we we're going um, towards an upward trajectory and we got money and money just like exposed us because everybody started getting money and everybody started like ever since Lion had um Genevieve and they were making Netflix originals and Prime originals and everything. Everybody has money now. So people are just shooting um nonsense, right? So I think maybe we should take like a calm down small. Let's do if we're going to do small um productions, just tell a good story. Tell one good story. Tell good two good stories. Um, let these directors have their own language. Because obviously we know every director has their own language. And then let us build from that. Because the way we are going right now, we, we, if if we don't call what we are doing in the next five years, you will not be able to recognize what you're seeing in Nollywood. Because we are just <sighs> yeah. All right. Okay. So that, that was that was the last person. Um, we do have okay, to. Okay. We have to go. 
we do have to go um just because of time okay. but like as we go i do want um i do want people to if it's two if it's three if it's one um um this is going to be everybody's last closing this thing closing sort of uh yeah closer um if you have one film that you can recommend it's good all right this is this is the film where i felt like oh this is the pro this this was progress this is the kind of storytelling we want to be doing or this is kind of um production i expect from us or that kind of thing so i i'm going to do a round table um uh i'm going to start with vanessa oh look at that um um i'm gonna probably butcher the name of this but it's called inkem Mokan, it's by Dika Ofama. I'm so sorry. I this was the most butchered pronunciation of the name. He has never told me how to say it, but it is by Dika Ofama, and I genuinely think Dika Ofama is the future of Nollywood. <laughs> he's going to be. He's going to be. Like, why am I saying this? But I genuinely think Dika Ofama is the future of Nollywood, and just go and watch Dika Ofama's filmography. It's pretty much just three films right now on YouTube, but Dika Ofama's filmography. Go and watch that. Yeah, I think he has four. But four, okay. yeah, see, mm-hmm. my boy, my boy is coming up in the world. All right, okay. About the future of Naughty with Dika, that guy that has short, short human being uh, temperament. All right, okay. Um, sorry, what kept me up? I know you guys, you guys came up. Um, uh, you guys are the only one I'm going to give range to say something else because we did discuss your article. Um, if there's anything you want to say before you um, give us an example of a movie, um, uh, example of a movie you think uh, worth worth people should watch, or this is the example of good storytelling. What kept me up? Oh, they're not there. All right, the, the thing is bad. All right, um, uh, Obina, do you, do you have a film um, for Nollywood? You feel like yes, this. This is the area I feel like we should be heading towards in terms of storytelling or production. Yeah. So in in, ter- in terms of so like let me so in terms of you know um, what I think is progress in terms of how you you craft a story and you are able to really really bring your screenplay to life. You know with how you have captured the development of character and how you captured. The characters arc up until the end. I think that you know, but actually, it is one body of work that I think is really, really wholesome in that regard. Um, one other film I, I, I sort of like. I think you and I have deferred, but I like Sylvia. I think Sylvia was, you know, in terms of the story, in terms of the character, in terms of you know the journey of the character, and in terms of technicality. But I think you have you you had some challenges with the was it the ADR. But I, I think it was well because I went to the cinema to watch that film at the time, and for the time it came at the time it came out, there weren't a lot of technically sound films, and I think that he hit that mark. You know, you know those are, you know those are two examples I would say. You know, um, then in terms of um, um, how would I how would I put it now? In terms of yeah, I think for me to be honest, those, those are films mm-hmm. that are you know grounded. I, I wanted right. to say something before I, before I, sorry, let me just say this before. It's just a response to, you know, the, the truth about it is that, you know, there is a lot of miles that this industry has to cover. And why do I say this? We're not, 
it, it took Hollywood over 100 years to get to where it is. Now, the truth about it is that any artist, their first set of expression will be around copying. You know, you see, you go to an exhibition, you see a painting. It's, a, it's an example of what somebody has seen before, what they have seen. It's like a copy, an express copy, you know. Before you find your identity, you go through that process of where you are trying to copy. It starts by copying, and that's how you know you have the talent, number one. Then it takes you time to develop your own style and your own language. The truth about it is that a good story is a good story in, 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 in Sri Lanka or in Oshugi. A good story is a good story. So, and that's why I feel that the things that you must imbibe are the technicality. And what we've all talked about here is about technicalities, understanding the rudiments of storytelling, and it cuts across. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Ogunna. Itena, um, uh, do you have an example? And by the way, AMFL for me is the pinnacle, pinnacle, the peak. Um, but Itena, please go ahead if you have a film you. Um, I don't have anything that really strikes me as what I would say is the future of Nollywood. But yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that I feel has done pretty well and um, established some nice uh, signs for the future, if we can build on them. Eimofe, obviously. Um, Sylvia was mentioned. I thought that was really good. Fell apart in the third act, but um, there was very much to admire about it. And I think that was a pretty good movie. And then um, I, I will add again. I know a lot of people disagree with this, but I will add Yahoo Plus. Okay, all right. Um, I want to fight, obviously. Um, of it's been like as part of the future. That's clearly the pinnacle of of where things are. But I will save my fight for another day. All right. So, so I mean, um, AMFA was great, but I don't really think it broke new ground. And at the same time, I don't think it was trying to break new ground. That's fine. But I don't really think it's the future of Nollywood because AMFA, let's face it, is an art movie. And uh, Nollywood is a commercial industry. So I don't think Aimofe is the future of Nollywood. I just think it's a great film for what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not the future. It's just like what Mr. C was saying. Something that looks like what quality should look like and what, you know. The truth about it is that, look, in another four or five okay. years, right. we're not uh, going to be talking about, I mean, things are going to change dramatically. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to get to, to be honest. So, yeah. All right. Um, I think Stuart tells your on your film. So I wasn't going to fight. I'm not fighting. Anchor, do you want to tell us your one? All right. Uh, Wayne's Rants, do you have a movie um, you'd like to I, recommend? Yeah, mine, mine is Chief Daddy, too. Okay. Now, no, no, I was joking. I was joking. I was joking. And reported. <laughs> Sorry. Um, funny enough, it's Sylvia. But since they said Sylvia, I don't know if I really enjoy it, and I want to point out for people to see. I mean, it's Braided Life. I really love the story. I fell in love with it, so yeah. All right, uh, and Kings. All right, so for me, uh, story-wise, I mean, most of you guys are probably going to rip me apart for this, but story-wise, I would go with Jagun Jagun. I don't know, there was something about the story that was just so relatable, you know, that <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I mean, the idea of if an overpowered, you know, I mean, seeming protagonist but apparently wasn't a protagonist from to begin with so the Jagun Jagun story was just really stuck with me now when we talk about visual representation like so visual presentation rather I would go with like currently the black book is still my favorite although it had issues with sound designs and everything but 
Yeah, I mean, Vanessa, take it chill now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my take on it. Visually, Black Book, but story wise, yeah, Dragon Dragon is my pick. Thank okay, you. That's, that's so interesting. That sound design for me, for the Black Book, is, is one of the best Nollywood's ever done. And and then it, I'm, I know, like, it had place, uh, lapses, like the Kung Fu, any fighting scene, you can just swap out but, all of that, but just but absolutely it, fresh. It was, I don't know, man. It, it needed help. Life supported. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Mr. C, is there, is there a film you'd recommend? Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Aim of Air. Um, obviously, Juju Stories. And obviously, go watch Shorts, The Way Things Happen, and In Kim Condom. Okay. All right. Um, for me, uh, my pinnacle, like I've said, is Aim of Air. Um, when I say the future, I mean, at some point, we are going to be able to tell stories like um, Aim of Air with the, with the consistency, with the quality. Uh, we're going to be able to shoot films like that. We're going to be able to make them sound that good. We're going to be able to um, build sets that I think we're getting there, but like, and just have it, um, uh, and the writing is going to be that good. That's what I mean. You know, like, you know, you can have that in different genres. I'm not, not asking for everyone to make, and I don't think Aima Fair is an art movie. Uh, I, I think at some point we're going to make um, movies that hopefully have that kind of quality. It can be in a different genre. So King of Boys is the other one, I would say. So King of Boys has some issues for me, uh, story-wise. But in terms of, in terms of, um, of such a big thing um, that it did with taking a character that felt Nigerian again, you know, there is a difference when people. It's not like you can't get inspired, but then we know we know when you are giving us our people, our story, our language, and when you are giving us Santa Claus. We know the difference. We and we can feel it. So, um, whilst King of Boys does have issues for me, like that step it took was very good. Living in bondage is one I would, I would also say like was taking steps in the right direction. Uh, so difficult to believe that Charles of Play <laughs> had that that start um, in terms of production, in terms of this. Um, um, how again it was our story as well um it, it didn't feel like we're borrowing something from somewhere else for the most part right there's uh that's that there it's it's funny because like when we, we complain about this hollywood hollywoodification of nollywood films it's like we don't it's like we don't have good examples of of films that have both done good production but anyway that's restarting the conversation in general. Thank you, everybody, um, for this uh, conversation. It was uh, very good. I enjoyed it. Um, next next week, we do have a we have a Kunle we have a Kunle film, so uh, we will be discussing that one. Um, please do come on time. The rotation has stopped, um, and so uh, we're not going to be rotating anymore. Is first come first serve. 
um, and except if somebody drops off. But thank you so much, guys, for joining this, and uh, hopefully uh, you can continue the conversation in the comments. That's fine. Uh, we'll, I'll be I'll be eating dinner. Thank you very much, guys, for coming. I appreciate your time. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoyed listening and would like to join live, just follow us on Twitter at Iroko Critic and join us every Sunday, 6 p.m. West African time on our spaces.